Well, I saw a couple films. I saw, and I'm gonna review both of them today. Right. Uh, One of which, um, well, I saw um, separately. Um, this film will be um, Lipstick Under the Booker. My Booker, right? Uh, yes, Lipstick Under My yeah, Booker. Under My that. Booker, sorry. Yes, it's one yeah. that a lot of people have been um, hyping up as yeah. well too. Yeah. Um, um, even before the festival started. It's quite successful in, in India in terms of box office and whatnot. Yes, uh, and, and critical acclaim and whatnot. Right, critical acclaim. I'm going to talk and I'm going to give my opinion about it. Mm-hmm. And then I saw a local film by the name of Moko Jumpy. And I'm going to give my opinion about that. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. Um, well, here's the thing with, with me and, and Moko Jumpy though. I haven't seen any trailer for it. I just saw like right. a couple pictures. One of them is with um I believe is Vanavi, that's her name. Right. The the actress, right. That, and right, that's like yeah. the only thing that they have to sell this thing. It's like, ooh, look at her face, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, right. Um but yeah, you, you could share your thoughts on that because honestly I wanted to go check it out, but right. Rain just, you know, got the upper hand um on the same day when um Moko Jambi was um was being screened, so didn't get right. around to seeing it. Um yeah. but uh, apart from all that, though, I all, well in, in terms of the film festival, I saw a short documentary called Soft Hair. Really loved right. it. I also right. saw a short narrative called Short Drop, which, in my opinion, is probably one of the best short films, or should I say, local short films I have ever seen. Just no from a narrative and technical perspective and an acting perspective, it was just close to perfect for me. I absolutely loved it. Um, I would like to see this this one film in particular. You know, go to different festivals and then hopefully one day, you know, air on television so more people can see. You know, those people who probably still didn't even know that there was a film festival going on um, right. all of last week, you know what I mean? But it's it's really a great film. Right. Yeah. All right. But um, before all that, though, um, we have to talk about the Emmys, which, um, you know, the last yes. time when we actually met up online and, and we'll, you know, review our films... You know, it was on that same night when the Emmys took place. So right, you know, I, which I, I was. Look. I didn't watch at all. Uh, just saw some names, and I kind of forget who win and thing because yeah, I didn't. I kind of couldn't get myself to care. But um, the people who the people who win that I wanted to win won. So, yeah, yeah, for, yeah, for the right. most part. Um, for me. Right. So I was um, still in Keir Brown got through for his thing. I was like, great, awesome. Yeah. Uh, Donald Glover do two awards. Donald Glover, right? Two awards, yeah. Way. Get true. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was enjoying. It. I was like, yeah, Atlanta was some of the best shit for me last year. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Handmaid's Handmaid Tale. Boy, yeah, that's sweet. Know. Not surprised. Yeah. As, uh, as depressing as it was, it it deserves you know yeah. the, the the recognition praise that yeah. it got. Uh, Master of None. I'm glad it won for you know yes, that episode that I mentioned, yeah. Thanksgiving, um, which was uh, written by Aziz Ansari and Lena yeah. Waite. Um, I remember, like in that review that I did for season two of that, I absolutely loved that episode. I'm glad that that one particular episode was, um, yes. you know, was highlighted there at um, the Emmys. Uh, right. What else? Uh, Black Mirror won, you know, yeah. award. Well, a couple of awards actually, I should say. Yeah. Um. So with us and Junipero, I think. Yeah. 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 Um. That uh, that episode was the standout for the for the season anyway. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um. Saturday Night Live won, which is not surprising. Yeah. Not surprising. Um, John Oliver's show last week tonight. That got won true. A yeah, I'm not surprised so, as well. Yeah. Um, the show's McGill, pretty good. Yeah, McGill, Julia Louis, Dreyfus won for Veep. Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah Veep is a solid business throughout. Yeah. Even though it's a show I don't really that care for, surprisingly. Um, but yeah. Yeah, well, here's the thing, though. Um, well, I haven't, I actually have never seen a single episode of it. But now that I hear that um, next year we're going to have the seventh and final season of it. Right, I'm going to finally give this show a look. I actually hope right. that it ends on a, on a strong note. I'm, no I'm, I'm get I'm 
getting an iconic spec in a parks and recreation vibe from it, except it's just HBO's right. version of it. But you know, I have a right. And I'm it, really it has enjoy right, and uh, parks and rec is another show I just surprisingly never got into either. Um, but it's a great oh, show. Nice. Well, yeah, nice is not on. <laughs> it's it's it's. I don't want to say serviceable either. It's entertaining. You know, it right. doesn't beat you over the head. You just watch it for like a twenty-two right. minutes and you have fun. That's all there is. Yeah. To it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and that's a thing. And then, well, speaking of TV, we have to just talk about, well, um, the premiere of Star Trek yes, uh, happened um, last Star Trek night. Discovery. Mm-hmm. Star Trek Discovery, new Star Trek show, uh, happened last night from the time of this recording. And that was Sunday night. And yeah, we're going to talk about that. And then we have to talk about, well, the Orville again, because it's easy to compare both shows. Um, but in the case of the Orville, it does something that surprises everyone. There's an episode that's pretty goddamn awesome that it brought out, the episode three. All right. Well, that, expect, that's, that's amazing. Such quality actually. so soon. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. Uh, it's, not, it's not like I was going to write off the show entirely, but to, no, to me, yeah, to be honest, I, I, I was thought, like, all right, after the season premiere, I was like, should I continue right. this? So, you know? but because I really thought, what I thought, it, as I said, my working comparison was like to Bojack Horseman. What I thought, all right, at episode six or seven, we could start a bill up and it'll probably get a really goddamn awesome around episode eight or so. Right. Um, it happens a lot, it'll happen a lot faster than expected. So okay, well that that that's great though. You know? Yeah, I don't know if it'll keep up the quality. I have no idea, but that episode three was just really goddamn well done. I didn't expect it to be so good, and yeah, that it went me over. So I'll be in the long haul for this show. All right. Uh, um, and then we yeah, have to talk well, about yes. Um. Uh, well, in my case, um, I was very hesitant about about watching this show here, but I was like, you know what, I have a little time to kill, you know, because of the rain and stuff. I checked out um, Netflix's latest foray into Japanese anime right. with uh, their six-episode season of Neo Yokio. Right, this yeah, is a not, not the best right? title in the world, I know. Um, and yes, it does have the it does have the voice of Jaden Smith of all people. Right. And I'll talk about I, him I, when I jump I into was, that. I was very dismissive of it because I saw the trailer. And yes, yes, yes. A lot of people hated that trailer. I yeah, watched it, I trailer, was like, well, it's not a, it's I, not a the premise. Uh, it's not the premise of the trailer was that bad or anything like that. I I mean, it could do whatever you want, but the problem I was having is that it um I was having issues with just the. The technical on a, on a technical level seemed to to fall fall short. The, the lip syncing was a mess. Yeah, I'll I'll talk about that as well. Yeah, too. but you should about animation. It, so I have to talk about that animation. Right, right. Um. So apart so from there now, then we'll jump into the TTFF stuff. So right. Yeah, I didn't see Moko Jambi, so you could uh, fill me in on how that was. No problem. Uh, we both saw lipstick under my burka, so we'll both cool. review that. And nice. then uh, we'll jump to Americana films with um, a movie that. I've been hearing about for the longest while, and um, unlike Neo Yokio, I didn't watch the trailer, but I heard a lot of contro- um, issues and controversy surrounding that trailer and how the film itself was marketed. It's a horror, quote-unquote, film um, from your boys, E24. Um, right. It's called It Comes at Night. Nice. And I'll just say this one time, it may be one of the year's most divisive movies. Right. Yeah, and we'll end things off with the sequel to um, well, I don't know about you, but to, uh, one of my favorite films of yeah. um, 2015, I believe it came out. Yes, 2015. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. It was a surprise hit for 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 um, for me. I didn't expect it to be this that good and yeah. this sharp. Kingsman. Yeah. So yes. yeah, we got the sequel, The Golden Circle. So yes. yeah, we 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 are both gonna um, talk about that film. No problem. All right, so we'll just jump into TV here. So Star Trek Discovery. Honestly, I didn't even know it came out. Right. Like, it just kind of slipped my mind. Now. So, you know, right. how, how were the, the first 
How how many episodes were they? Two or three? Well, I saw two, but I think it's all out on CBS All Access. So I'm going to talk about CBS All Access as well. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know, start things off then. First two episodes, uh, Star Trek Discovery is kind of awesome. All right. Uh, yes, that we talked about. Really, really enjoyed this first two episodes. Um, it has its issues. It have a couple of nitpicky continuity issues, but it's stuff that could be addressed in the writing. All right, uh, now, this one, one question. Um, sure. Well, forgive me for not bringing this up um, at the end of your review for this. Is does this um, is this a, a type of show that you know the diehard fans who grew up on the original series would love? Right. Or is it more along the lines of if you like the the newest well not the newest stuff but like All right. next so, generation you know remember so stuff. remember remember my debate about remember I had the argument so we I think it was Claude you and I had an argument about Star Trek and well, I was talking about how you have you have fans you have new fans you have right. old fans and then you have very old fans yes yes it's it's this it's that sandwich thing going on so it's it's the kind of old fans don't seem to like it. Very old fans and new fans would like it. Much, right. like, much like the JJ Trek. No, it's not JJ Trek, eh? No. It's, um, it's, 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 um, I believe it's set right after the original series, right? No, it's in oh, the prime not. timeline. It's in the prime timeline and it occurs roughly 10 years before the events of the original series. Oh, okay. Starts. Right. So right. Kirk is like a teenager in this time, but basically they start the story with a character called... Uh, I forgot her name. This is uh, the girl from Walking Dead. Martin Green. So, so yes, Nicole. Nicole Martin Green. Right. So she uh, basically plays a character, the main character, uh, oh, Michael oh, oh, Gunner. I'm sorry to stop you there. Guys, if you're hearing a cat, um, just just so you know, I am not a cat person. I'm not a cat lover. That's my neighbor's cat. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's cold, so, you know, clearly is just looking for some place to just, you know, take shelter. So forgive me. <laughs> All right. So right. continue on. Yeah, Michael Burnham now... Uh, She's the main character. Um, they do a lot of. They have some great characters, side characters. Uh, well, we we haven't seen. I haven't seen him yet, but he's uh, he appears in episode three. Um, Jason Isaacs is the main one of the main characters. Oh, Jason uh, Isaacs is, is in this too. All right, cool. Yes. Um, Doug Jones right. is Lieutenant Sarah, who's pretty awesome. Really yeah. like him in this. Uh, uh, Michelle Yeoh, which is a nice. Well, they do something really interesting with her because um, right. that, 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 that's McGill too. I love Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Okay. And yeah, the story starts with introducing her character. She's well, you learn certain things. So she's essentially the adopted sister of Sarek. Uh, who Sarek is is the father of the most probably most popular character in Star Trek, Spock. Oh. Uh, so she's Spock's somewhat adopted sister. It's like like that, but it's uh, something a character. He's she she became a ward of um, Sarek because of some very very unfortunate circumstances involving her parents, and you learn later involving the Klingons. And they start the story with that. She's like a really optimistic character, optimistic in, in mind and body. And then she encounters the Klingons and all the emotions come flowing black. And she becomes really paranoid and does a lot of really, well, intention. It's kind of not very very emotional things, but they're understandably emotional things. Right. And it, it incites, essentially incites the story. Yeah. The story's well I, well, I like the fact that she's given some vulnerability here. It's not like, well, I'm yes. the captain, so I must be stoic. Right. And, and well, they, they hype any character now. There's a running joke about her. She kind of missed up and said she's the first black lead in Star Trek. She, what she meant is black female lead. Uh, oh, right, right, right. Right, because you already had you already had a black lead. You already had a, a female lead. And you already had a black female in the story from before. But you never had a quote-unquote black female lead. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, because we all know the first black lead is Avery Brooks. Uh, yes. Female lead, of course, is 
Catherine Jane Reader is a shit. I forget she's name right now. And, and then, of course, and then uh, Uhura is the first black female, but yes. not a black female lead. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what she meant to say. But a lot of people jumped on it, and I made little jokes about it. About <laughs> that. But, um, yeah. The show, first things first, you notice. The production's the production standard and quality is excellent. Nice, um, nice, nice. It's like, really like, good. Like movie-worthy or... Movie-worthy. Like, okay. Movie-worthy, in my okay. opinion. Um, it looks really damn good. Um, it's a little too... It, it takes a little too insp- too much inspiration from JJ for my liking, frankly. So, the, the camera moving about in some strange ways. A little too much Dutch angles. Mm. But it still looks great. Um, a little too much lens flare. Why, why, why they had to have them Dutch angles, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A little too much candid frames. Like, it's a little, they, they need to chill out on the candid frames. But they, they cool down on it in the episode, too. Right. And then... It the story and pacing is pretty good. Now, what they do, they have a couple of plot issues that they put in, and I, they'll probably have to explain this because the, the Star Trek law already addresses some of this stuff. Um, and again, remember, was was speculated that people can operate in bad faith against it. You're starting to see that, so you say, I've seen people say, "Oh well, this Star Trek new discovery is the most disappointing thing I've ever seen," and I'm so glad I picked the Orville and all this kind of nonsense. Like, no, it's actually better than the Orville as a premiere. Yeah. Much better than Orville's premiere, in my opinion. And it has um, a lot Orville, to live up to anyway. I mean, it's Star Anyway, Trek, but yeah, but it totally... It's, it's, so, it, to put it in simple terms, it's a mix between TNG and DS9. I really hope they keep the quality up. Mm-hmm. Uh, first two episodes was a solid start. Um, really, really enjoyed what they're doing. And they have to make, make it continuity-wise, have it make sense. And the reason I put more money on this one and I expect it to be good because Nicholas Meyer is there. Nicholas Meyer was there as the, one of the main consultants. And I was like, all right, well, if Nicholas Meyer is there... It more likely would be good. Now I keep mentioning his name, Nicholas Meyer. Who is this guy? Yeah, who is he, this guy? Yeah, who is that guy? Uh, Nicholas Meyer is basically the director of probably the most popular and probably well to many many fans the best Star Trek movie of all, Wrath of Khan. Ah, that we talk about. Right, yeah. Star Trek. Yeah, Star Trek Two. He is the director of that film, and he's there. And the thing what what makes him great, in my opinion, is that he's not really a fan per se. He doesn't get caught up in the bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of Star Trek fans get caught up in bullshit, including a lot of people who were involved in the creator of Star Trek, and you end up getting caught up in, in, in the, the aspects of Star Trek that don't really work, but only nerds like, and that's the problem. And one, that's, I will argue that's one of the reasons why Enterprise didn't really work all that well and why Voyager didn't work all that well either. Uh, right. People just caught up in the bullshit. Um, oh, see, so writers didn't really didn't want to stray too far away from Star Trek. Wanted to keep it in a certain way, not realizing they have to change the storytelling. So um, were, were those were those shows weak? Because I I never follow up. Um, the, the Voyager, Voyager, Voyager was okay. Voyager was overall very very weak. Um, it mostly because it squandered its premise. You know, one of the big things is that it's isolated and it's supposed to be like like if they shot Voyager like how they shot this show, that would make perfect sense. Like. It, in terms of like how hardcore it should have been and because you're so far away with the Federation you kind of had to drop some of them Federation values but Voyager didn't do that at all it was just a reset button after a reset button everything just stayed nice and clean throughout its entire run which made no sense right. that made no sense whatever so and it didn't it take any put, risks really it didn't really take any risks right to play it way too safe and then it had some outright terrible episodes in Voyager <laughs> okay <laughs> and uh, I forget what was the name of the episode with the evolution. I had one with the evolution where Janeway and Paris evolved into two um, like um, amphibians. It was weird. That was like okay. a lot of people consider that one of the worst episodes. Um, Threshold. That is the name of the episode. Okay. No, like probably one of the most notoriously bad episodes ever in Star Trek. And then right. Enterprise. Enterprise has never worked in my opinion. Enterprise had its moments. Um, it it got better coming down to the end, but it by then it was too little, too late, and then eventually it got cancelled. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the, the episode a night in sick bay is probably the worst episode in in um enterprise that was a pretty bad episode and it just had a lot of generally aimless acts that took too long to get to get around to addressing its issues right uh and yeah star trek essentially died i mean a lot of people look at like for a lot of people almost everything after ds9 wasn't important or relevant star trek wise mm-hmm. uh, i'll say this as a premiere is very very conscientious in certain ways in terms of how to build the pace and make it work the action is good um again special effects looks excellent i love how they have warp in this you know, I'm a big sticker of how you do warp, and yeah, warp is awesome. Another thing that's doing quite well is it's doing the whole, instead of doing the whole space navy stuff, you're getting a good sense of three dimensions in space of how ships should be moving about. All right. Uh, I love it, I love all of that. Um, one of the big critiques, and I, on the fence about it, but I can understand why it kind of works for me, which is the look at the Klingons. Um, they change the Klingon look, um, and not feeling it, frankly, but it's much better than what they did in Into Darkness. That was just some, some bullshit. I hated that. Um, but I, I personally prefer what Worf looked like. That's my personal favorite look at the Klingons. That is what yeah, I, I think, it, it, and it's so iconic as well. Like we exactly. all remember how Worf looked like, right? Yeah, Worf yeah. is the work, to me the best working template of what Klingons should be like. Um, yeah. Whatever. Um, and then they have some couple, a couple little plot lines like they had the holographic thing, which I was like, all right, well that did make I don't show how they're gonna justify that, and I have to. But again, little technical nitpicks that start breaking the story. Um, They'll have to explain a lot of that and see why it is that this is here because some of these technologies shouldn't be here a little too early, whatever. Um, but stuff like you're getting a sense of three dimensions in space. A lot of people fighting it down and saying they're not feeling like Star Trek, but again, it's more akin to DS9 in, in certain tone, mm-hmm. and that was a good thing. And DS9, in, in my opinion, is the best Star Trek series. Um, DS9 is so good and so damn awesome. Um, and it had and a great much- team song, by the way. I love the team right. song for the, um, DS9. Oh, yeah, by the way, this, this team is awesome. This, this opening team song is pretty goddamn awesome as well. Great. Because, um, I mean, what's a Star Trek show without a great team, right? Just right. Well, and that's the thing. Well, that's, that's what kind of what killed Enterprise. Eh? Enterprise didn't have a good team song. Well, yeah, the, and the, the and Voyager have... one was forgettable, at least to me. I, uh, I actually remember Voyager. Voyager was fine. Uh, uh, but, well, a lot of people hated the team song for Enterprise, I remember. I, no, the song is a good song, and it's a good cover of a famous pop song. But pop songs don't fit in Star Trek. Sorry. Uh, yeah, that, I, I, yeah. I wanted to yeah. I was one of those that really dis- just disagreed with that whole thing. But I got the whole approach. I like what it did with it in the, in the at least in terms of the idea and the attempt. But yeah, it didn't fit. Um, with a show, I don't know. I rooted for it. It's a good show. I was rooting it from from the from the get-go. Um, the trailer was a little like on the edge about it. But yeah, it's it's a good answer. Um, I liking what it did with it. And yeah, I really, really hope this stays good quality. Um, first two episodes was fantastic. Thoroughly loved it. Um, here's the problem. Now, we're going to just talk about the, the death knell. CBS All Access is a terrible idea. Um, what they decided to do is have this localized, you know, streaming service that CBS has, which is roughly six dollars a month, and nobody's gonna fucking buy it except for Star Trek. Um, exactly. And, and you know, separate your audience. Now, from what I understand, you're gonna get all the content later on Netflix, but by then, I don't know how long it'll take—like two weeks or something like that. And everybody internationally can see it on Netflix right now. Right. All right. Uh, that, well, my my local Netflix can't see it. I can't get it um, with my local Netflix. But from what I understand, you could VPN like Australia Netflix or something like that, and you should be you should get through relatively simply. Um, I haven't done that yet. I just <laughs> I just did the first two episodes from the from the website, from the well the website slash and I watched on television when I came home right after the movie. How right. about this? Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I have to say it's it's a pretty damn awesome start. Uh, Shinka Martin Green is excellent. Um, Doug Jones is excellent, as I said. Michelle Yeoh, well, she's always brilliant, and she kind of she kind of stole it, but they did something brilliant with her to start the story. And 
yeah, I'm just waiting to see the rest of this, and I'm going to be excited. I'm going to be, you know, sitting down with ice cream and popcorn, and I'll be here. <laughs> I want to I'll be here yeah. enjoy myself. That's um, more, um, it, one, one other question, though. Um, sure. So for for newbies like me, like I would say, like I don't know everything Star Trek-wise. Right. Um, so do I need said, to, to watch one of the old series to, to um, understand this? No, not necessary. Again, it's it does it does the thing that JJ Trek did, where it tells the story in such a way where you could enjoy it and you don't have to be a complete newbie. JJ Trek was kind of smart in that way, which is look, you still need butts and seats, mm-hmm. right? You still need butts and seats, and you still need to get people to enjoy themselves, right? This this whole highfalutin, cunt, you know, all of that shit that that's kind of what kill like it kill a lot of Star Trek for a lot of people. Star Trek Insurrection, for example, which I saw in cinema, by the way, I forgot to mention right. that. Right, yeah. And I was bored by it. Yeah, really it didn't work. It, a lot of it didn't work. And you know what? As I said, you know, a simple fix to Star Trek Insurrection was just to bring in the DS9 cast and it would work, you know. Like, mm-hmm. is it, the, the concept and the, the story you're talking about is a total DS9 thing, which is the whole um, utilitarian approach to things now. Yeah. Whatever. Point is, um, this show, as I said, it's for very old fans. It's for... Very new fans, but it's not for those in between fans who just like lionize a time of Star Trek that wasn't that good when you think about it. Because it's way fucking better than TNG's intro. TNG's intro is some hot garbage when you look back at it, you know. Encounter at Farpoint. And you have people telling me with a straight face that Encounter at Farpoint was better than this. Nope. Sorry. Encounter at Farpoint is worse than this. They just go back in Encounter at Farpoint and look back. Remember when Spock, sorry, sorry not Spock, when Worf was so dumb, he pulled out his phaser when Q was on the, the projector screen? Give hmm. me a break. Give me a break. Come on, guys. You know, you're, you're, being, you're pretending bad faith, right? So, um, it's a great show. I want to see more hyped. And now, time to talk about the Orville. Yes. So, the Orville, uh, we talked about the Orville last week. And I, yeah, I how underwhelming I, that, that um, right, yeah, well, premiere was. I, yeah, I, really, yeah. I really didn't care for the, for the opening episode. That pilot episode was pretty weak. But I said, look, it's a pilot. All right. Now, now one, one, one question before you get to, you know, the reviews for the other, what, you know, the... Next set of episodes. Um, yeah. Is it the same um, duration, time duration? That same kind of forty-two yeah. minutes, or is it like a half hour? No. Um. You know, I don't. Re- I can't remember. Yeah, no, it's the same runtime. All right. Can I just assume so, as it was a premiere that it would. It, it was. You know, it was long, long for uh, being long sick now. Nah, That's not really. I don't, off a bit. Nah, I, think, like, I think every episode is the roughly the, the hour run. I think. I think so. I don't. I don't look back at it because I gotta straight up say it. The couple the episode three was so good. I, I didn't really check the time. All right. Uh, no, no, yeah, it is, it is, <laughs> it's, it's roughly 42 minutes. Yeah, it's roughly 42 minutes. Still kind of um, risky to me in terms of, you know... But that was Star Trek. Comedy, Star Trek was, Star Trek I, I know, was that time. As a time. comedy, though, even if it is ah. going to be serious, it's no, still a comedy. I, that's the same. Give me a chance. So, right. episode 2 came and went. And episode 2 was not was better than the pilot, but not still not that brilliant. It still have a bunch of dumb jokes. Um, It had a decent... It, it felt like a classic TOS episode. But... It was still not that it still didn't hook me, right? right. Still didn't hook me. I was like, all right, it, it, it have moments. I liking it. I enjoying it. But eh, you know, I'm still on the edge. And then they hit you with episode three. No, oh, episode. Well, episode two ended with a big reveal, something interesting about a character. Um, right. the, and then, then they they follow up immediately from the event of episode two into episode three. And boy, oh boy, this was a fantastic episode in my opinion. Um, basically what happens so in the episode 2 the main two main characters this is um, Seth MacFarlane's character and the girl I forget the girl name yeah the, his wife or the ex-wife they get kidnapped and get sent to basically a space zoo right no, and 
the the well, the, the character who's supposed to be turning rank. This is um the character uh shit, shit, no, no, no. Okay, that's the, the British guy, right? Right, no, well, I don't know if he's the actor, he's British, he's Peter Macon is a black actor. He's basically the Klingon character. Oh, okay, right? okay, right. I know his talking. race is like a Mocklan, Mocklan race, right. So his character is out of, out of commission because he has he laid an egg and he had to take care of the egg for the for like roughly twenty one days. He's a child. So he had his child. I remember his race is all male, right? Yes, yes. So the X, but they didn't really explain the actual biology of it. But basically, they did the show they could reproduce and explain all of that, right? Then, um, so he was out of commission. So the the, car, the girl who is the strong girl, mm-hmm. um, right. as a uh, what uh, was her name? The Katan. name and, and the actress. Yeah, Katan, name. Katan, Alara, mm-hmm. right? So she had to she had to be in, she was in command essentially because they left her in command because she she she's, she's fought in line now. And she had to deal with looking looking for the, the two main characters, um, Grayson and Musa, and she found them and they had a whole back and forth about the story. They did that, right? Right. And it's a decent enough episode, she had good, good character motion for, for her and whatever, 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 right? Then at the end of the episode, the, the egg hatches and they see the child comes out as a woman. It's a female. Alright. And and he was like, Well, that's impossible, you know, according to the you know, their race supposed to be all male and they address yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. They address it. And when they address it, right after they, they address it in season two, where basically what you do is they, um, you do uh, it's it, actually the probability of um, and I, I don't want to sell out the episode because you, you, you just have to watch it for yourself. Please do. And, yeah, but basically you learn that the probability of a, of a, um, of a female. female being born is like once every 75 years or something like that. All right. And then they explain what it is due to females in this world and then they go into the whole thing and they had to go back to their his home world and address this whole situation involving this baby and it is it feel like classic season two but good writing season two tng and i was like wow seth mcfarlane you come good to this now not surprised eh? um the episode is it's it was directed from i think it was directed by brandon Breger, if i remember correctly and uh he is uh well a classic star trek um you know, writer and okay. director, right. and you know, even though I don't like Brandon Braga, I think Brandon Braga is actually pretty goddamn bad. He, you know, it's, it's actually because of him a lot of the, the worst decisions in Star Trek ever happened. But he still understood. He understood, He's a really good writer for the most part. He does a lot of good um, political material quite well. And this was a big political slash social issue, mm-hmm. and they addressed it in the episode. And yeah, the episode just had beat by beat paced itself so well. Um, great twist. It had like at least four different twists throughout the episode. And like, whoa, this was excellent, Jared. Um, the Orville pickup. I'm gonna say it. I mean, I was I was dogging on the Orville the first two episodes, but Orville pickup. It hard. All right. Well, that, that, that's great, man. Recommended. Episode three of the Orville is fucking fantastic. Recommend right. that show. So I like I like that I'm a Star Trek fan and I live in a world where real Star Trek is solid business, and then borderline parody on our Star Trek is also good business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real, both. for real. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not competing. I could like both shows. Mm-hmm. I don't have to shit on one show. You know, and, and, and bring up the other. No, don't need yeah. to do that. Now, um, now, now, what I'm worried about now is that people still not going to give it the time of day and it mightn't get that much views it, and then yeah, they might because, cancel no, I, it. I will, admit, I, will admit, I will admit that the critics have been given, has given um, not a fair shake to the, to the offer. I'll admit that. Um, you know, you, you're going, I think if you're still going IMDb, uh, sorry, not IMDb, well, Metacritic or whatever, it, is, it still has a pretty bad score. Nice bullshit. It needs a better, a better score. Hmm. Um, I, right now, I'll still. I'll, right now, overall, I'll still probably give it a seven out of ten. Um, Star Trek uh, Discovery gets an eight out of ten. 
so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, and mostly because of just the production value of Star Trek uh, Discovery. Star Trek Discovery is just the production value so well done for me, even though it's a little too JJ-ish. Um, but yeah, I I just like it. I'm a Star Trek fan, in, and we get in all of this good Star Trek stuff, Star Trek-like content, and Star Trek actual content. So yeah, that just yeah. my point there. All right. Well, that's that's yeah. the amazing world that we wi- that, that that we live in, babe. You know. Right. You know. Well, except so, um, for if we could actually live in the Star Trek world. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so I'm um, I'm I'm actually I'll actually make the effort to catch up on the Orville. I'm just yeah. really hoping, and not just because of the you know because it's Seth MacFarlane. No, I'm just hoping right. that the, the the series does hold up. I hope that it doesn't get cancelled because you know not that many know. people looked at it. it. That's why I was worried about the run. No, time here's now. the thing. Yeah, because because I I do think that uh, that Fox messed up. Yeah, where. Um, sorry, not Fox. Um, not Fox. Uh, CBS. CBS. I think CBS messed up with the whole all access thing. But the all access thing is a really bad move. Um, because of the because if they just kept it on the network, people would watch it and it'll make money. But because of the all access thing, people kind of hesitant and they don't want to do it. And it's not that like the show bad or anything like that. But a lot of people say they like the show. It's fine, but not worth the all access thing. Yeah. And the all access thing just comes across as really really skeevy and shakinerish, you know. And with with Fox, if Fox smart, they could really push and push the Orville as a good show. And if they like could really get the good Star Trek writing, yeah, Orville could could outlast Star Trek, potentially outlast Star Trek simply because of that business, that bad business decision on the part of CBS. I do think it is an objectively bad business decision by putting out the all access thing and just making it only that. That's a bad move. Sorry. I can't help but think I can't help but think it's a bad move. Um I made I made a really dark joke about it. I said, um, you know, CBS All Access is the coat hanger to the to the fetus that is Star Trek Discovery. No? Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, brutal joke. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a bad movie. It it it, it could hurt the, the movie. He already taking a risk with the actual quality of the show. Now, glad to see the show holds up quality wise, but still, a lot of people could just get shy away from the show simply because of that. And yeah. Fox, if they smart, they could make a a good push and and really hype Orville on on those grounds and give Orville more money. And Seth MacFarlane has enough pull. That the Orville could last a long time. I mean, it's already. I mean, if 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 Cleveland show could get two or three seasons, and that was a kind of on average pretty bad show, um, this could definitely last. So yeah, and well, Family Guy is still around. I mean, don't mind the the latest season hasn't come out as yet, but it's still right. around. No, but yeah, exactly. But Family Guy, he, that's the thing. Seth MacFarlane has a lot of pull at the network. You can't say that he doesn't have pull. He he's, he has brought that network a lot of uh, money and ratings. So you can't say they could just up and cancel a show just so just so that ain't happening. Right. So, okay, cool. Well, I'll make the effort to, to check out both Star Trek Discovery yes, and rec- and I those other episodes of Orville. Uh, just yeah. hoping for for the best um, for you know both those series. Yeah, which leads <laughs> which leads me now to um, Neo Yokio, which is right. probably one of the most um, <laughs> unappealing names you'll hear in terms of anime this year. Um, right. This is the the latest. Well, I thought, I- I thought it was it was a play on New York and Tokyo. Right. So it, I thought it, it, was... it is in a way, but it's also referencing something else. But I'll get to that uh, well, I, in a bit. I was thinking Blade Runner. Remember Blade Runner has New Tokyo, right? Sorry, not Blade Runner. Um, Akira. Akira. Right, right, Akira, right. right. You, hit, you hit the nail right on the head. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'll just jump in from there, right? So um, New Yokio is um, Netflix's latest foray, as I said um, at the beginning here, into um, anime. Right. And the thing is, is that... Um, you know, it's just amazing that this show gets six episodes and Castlevania got four. 
you know right yeah that's kind of bullshit yeah so like i don't know like i don't know what's going on behind the scenes with netflix but i imagine that yes they understand that a lot of people love anime and you know they love to sit down and binge a season of anime and all that kind of stuff yeah so it's like all right well we we not too sure how people are gonna take it especially adults so let me try a little thing let me try a little six episodes thing i mean it's not voltron you know because they do have um, a new uh, Voltron series on Netflix, right. by the way. I haven't seen it yet, but I've been meaning to for the longest while. So let me just try this thing out now. But um, right. the, 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 the thing that drew me to it, though, um, was, was not so much the, the trailer, because um, I heard about how bad the trailer was. I just never saw it. Yeah. It was the voice talent behind this thing, because um, we have people like Jude Law, we have Susan Sarandon, we have Jason right. Schwartzman. Um, okay. And uh, who else, boy? We have Steve Buscemi. We have the lead great Frank Vincent. Um, we forgot right. to mention in our last podcast that he, um, you know, he passed away. You know, rest in peace, right. Frank Vincent. Um, and last but not least, Gene Smith, man. Okay. <laughs> and his and his sister, by the way, Willow Smith, who makes okay, a couple of appearances okay, here. Okay. There. Yeah. Um, right. But the thing is with Willow is that you could, you know, because of the the character she's playing, you, you it's not like. If you sit down and hear the person speak, you're like, oh, that's Willow, you know, because I haven't right. heard Willow, you know, do anything in a long while. I know she had some album that, that some kind of artsy pop album, something that, that sucked. That's all I know. Okay. But apart from that whipping hair thing that she did way back when, I, I haven't heard that, a yeah. voice at all now. But Jin, though, on the other hand, is a man I've been hearing a little too much though <laughs> this year. Um, reason being is because for one thing, um, he started kind of, you know, started his musical career, if you will. So he brought out um, two songs. Um, well, uh, there's two videos for them. The second song, I can't remember what the name of, name of it was. But the first one, though, um, which is called Batman. And I okay, remember right, when yeah, the video came Batman out. Yeah, the white Batman and the Batman, Batman, Batman hook. Yeah. Which, I don't know, it's something about that just stuck with me. So maybe it's just the beat or something like that. Because it's right. like real cloud rap stuff, so you're not supposed to care what he's singing about anyway, but that's so weird because it's Gene Smith, you know, rapping. But anyway, um, so yeah, there was that. And then there was also his appearance in um, Tyler, the Creator's album, uh, Flower Boy, which I mentioned last week. He right. Gave, he gave a really, really, really fantastic hook on the song um, Potholes. I was like, what? Okay, okay. Gene yeah, Smith. Yeah, yeah. All right, getting on. All right, cool, cool, cool. So he's serious about the whole, you know, musical thing now. And that's fine, you know, considering who his father is. Of course, duh, right? The acting stuff, on the other hand, though, well, you know, for me, um, the last time I saw him, like, in person was with, um, well, the second half of the Get Down, which, by right. the way, you know, it's a shame that that show got cancelled. You know, I really would love to see a season two for this. I don't know what the future of this thing is going to be. I guess you could blame it on Baz Luhrmann and his, um, <laughs> his, his, his high budgets, I guess. I don't know. But, right. yeah, that was the last time I saw Gene Smith, like, there so you know it's pretty cool that he was able to bounce back from that and you know stay within netflix now, you know so um so about the show so um the pretty much this show is set in like the not too distant future it's in this um city of neo yokio which yes is um is new york in a sense um so it's like a mixture of new york and tokyo so neo tokyo right. and yes they do make a reference to um akira um actually Slight, 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 slight spoiler at the very end. They make a reference to it, and I was like, "Oh, okay, well, they right. they, they did that. Okay, cool, whatever." Um, 
So it pretty much centers on these um these group of these uh, magicians basically. They have magical powers, but at first they were just no um, they were just renowned for um the abilities to catch rats. So you know they used to, the the bourgeoisie used to call them rat catchers because that was right. all they wanted them to do. But then there was like this wave of like demonic attacks that just took place in the city. So you know the, these rich people end up calling on these magicians to you know to to ward off these this evil, if you will. Right. And as a result, because of their of their um their their contribution to that to that um city, their social status bumped up quite a bit. So now right. they are in the upper class now. So um Gene Smith's character, his name is Kaz Khan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right. Dumb name, right? So he's he's what you call a magistocrat. So he has magical okay, right, powers right, as right, well, okay. but you know he's in high society now. And right. as they, they 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 beat you over the head over the um over the, the first two episodes, he is um he is the number one most eligible bachelor in New Yokio. So right. yes, every every chick you know you know um chicks always trying to get with him. I you know um, paparazzi was following him and stuff like that. And he himself is just kind of um, depressed. He's bored and stuff. And reason being is because his um his girlfriend Katty, who's played by um, Alexa Chung, um dumped him actually for for okay. um, another guy. So he's like real emo and depressed and stuff. Um, he has a couple of friends um, by the names of Lexi and Gottlieb. Um, they play by two people who I've never heard of before, but maybe you know because they're comedians. Um, this guy called the Kid Mero, and another guy called Desus Nice. Haven't heard these guys before, but apparently they are. Nice. You know, about um, bad I don't know if they're from YouTube or what, but apparently they're comedians, and you could tell from their voice. Yes, they do have you know comedic timing and stuff like that. Um, right. There's a rival, of course. His name is Ak Angelo. Yes, I know these names suck. <laughs> um, and they play by um, who is played by Jason Schwartzman. And, you know, he has right. his little entourage with them as I was like, he's like the second most eligible guy. So, um, essentially, stories of, um, it involves him. Oh, yes, and I forgot to mention, by the way, he also has a robot butler who is played by none right. other than Jude Law. So, his okay. the, the robot's name or the mecca's name, sorry, is Charles. Um, and he also has a grandmother, sorry, an aunt played by Susan Sarandon. She's Aunt Agatha, and she's always trying to get him um, to to do these jobs now, which is basically, you know, these kind of exorcism jobs, and you've seen it before with that style of, um, you know, those kind of magical or supernatural anime, like, um, oh my gosh, like Yu Yu Hakusho, those kind of things, where they have the yeah. powers and they call to do these jobs now, so it's like that. But, you know, it's like him trying to juggle doing that because that's his job now. That's where, that's how he makes money. But at the same time, you know, he he wants to live that 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 high society life now. So as you would right. expect, yes, he's he's always, compl- he's, he's talking about social media. He's talking about, you know, fashion. You know, he's, if it's one thing, he's very heavy into fashion. There's actually a subplot involving some fashionista and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, throughout these six episodes, it's just really about him just trying to survive basically as this this celebrity if you will in new yokio um which brings me to to you know one main issue that i had with this is that you know yes you know from from if you if you read it on paper the premise is it's pretty much interesting like i i saw it at first as oh well this is a satire of the bourgeoisie if you will you know Especially in terms of uh, modern society, Cause, like this is one subplot where the the two guys um, create this margarita and they're trying to market this thing, you know, and it's all that kind of stuff now, you know, and just the kind of things that you would imagine rich people would be thinking about, like selfies and social media and all that kind of jazz that you know people from the ghetto like us 
<laughs> when you yeah. don't have time to concern. Well, not really so much that, but because we are at a certain age that we are not millennials, so you know this kind of caters to that. Um, that sort of I'm a rich millennial, so these are the kind of things I think about. You know, and why why am I so concerned about fashion? But I'm sorry, that's the world that I'm in. So I got what they were getting at from a satirical perspective. But at the same time, and this is right, right, the main issue that I have with this film is that it can never stay focused on what exactly it's trying to tell, what exactly it's trying to satirize or parody. So case yeah. in point, um, they make numerous references to Sailor Moon. So, you know, you're not okay. too sure if, okay, it's it's like they're influenced heavily by it or just kind of poking fun at that style of anime. I'm not too sure. Maybe it's not, but I don't know. It kind of comes off a little um, sat- um, satirical at first. Also, you know, it would be cool if it was about, um, you know, the, 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 the bourgeoisie, you know, making fun of them. But then, you know, the story just goes, goes back and forth. You know, if it's, if it's not about him, if it's not about um, Kaz trying to defeat some kind of creature. And by the way, they don't even spend too much time on him doing that. It's more about him kind of, you know, right. bitching and moaning about this, that and the third. Right. Um. So, yeah, the stories kind of just go here, there, and everywhere, in my opinion. And that, to me, it will be a turn-off to a lot of people because, like, I'm not expecting this thing to be all serious or entirely funny. You know, you could blend the two. But, right. you know, if there's not, like, an actual point or actual message to this, then you're not going to care. Even with six episodes, you know, I find I felt my... I, I found myself kind of like, well, I don't know why, but I'm just not really feeling this. I'm not... I don't care about Kaz's character um, I'm not saying that he isn't well developed. I'm not saying that the other characters are shallow or anything like that. But I just can't get into his character because you know the, the the show just spends so much time on him and how he's feeling and will he get back with his girlfriend and all that kind of stuff. And right. I don't care. I want to be entertained. I want some action, or if not, give me some solid comedy. And then another issue though is that yeah, most times comedy falls flat, man. I mean, there's there's. There's few jokes in this thing where, you know, it had me kind of chuckling or laughing. Um, the references, you know, that do show up, I was like, oh, okay, that's 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 kind of clever. That was that was interesting. Okay, cool, whatever. But I didn't, it wasn't like, ah, that's that's clever. I like that, you know. The whole new Tokyo, new Yokio referencing was kind of clever. But, you know, I kind of knew they were going to, to, to do it, you know, make that reference anyway. Um... There is one particular episode that kind of pokes fun at the nightlife of Neo Yokio. I thought that was pretty interesting as well. But it's, the problem is, is that a whole chunk of this particular episode is dedicated to that. And I felt that, you know, it could have just shortened that down and just, you know, gotten to a story that people would care about. You know what I mean? Um, also, too, in terms of the world of Neo Yokio, like, I, 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 I like the way how it's developed and stuff. But, you know, it's not... Enough of it. It's not like a world where I could be like, oh, well, that's pretty interesting. Um, they do right. kind of get into um, a couple of political stuff um, near the end of the season, but to me, I felt it was a little uh, um, too little, too late to me. You know, um, one uh, one uh, subplot which involves a character who's played by um, Steve Buscemi. That's all I'll say about that. Um, well, okay, that's one last thing I'll say about that, and it kind of involves this um, this terrorist threat. But you know. And this is the next thing that I had, um, a, 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 you know, a serious issue is, is the tone of this. So, you know, on the one hand, you want to be this satirical um, f- um, show. Then on the other hand, you want to be like this little um, supernatural action flick. And then you want to be this sort of slice of life 
slash coming of age kind of drama thing and then you want to yeah. bring in this political stuff and you know is all these these tones just keep clashing there you know the, the the show itself can never stick with one or two particular tones and you know stick with it and same thing with teams as well um vocal performances i have to get into that gene smith okay i will say this first couple of episodes i was like i really not feeling this guy's voice i, I i'm not liking him at all he sounds too boyish even though that technically is the character um and it is really it just kind of came off to me like gene was just trying way too hard oh and this is the next thing too in terms of like tone and stuff from the from the first episode i was under the impression that okay this is this a parody of anime itself or certain types of anime like i mentioned before the with the sailor moon stuff um yeah. i know they have those kind of slice of life stuff i know they have those robot butler um sort of um anime but i'm not familiar with those at all so I was telling myself, oh, so New York is a kind of reference to that. It's, sorry, sorry, um, poking fun at that. Because why else are these characters sounding so bland, but, you know, kind of like, you know, like, tongue-in-cheek kind of bland, you know? It, it kind of came off like that. And I got it mostly with um, with Gene Smith's uh, vocal performance, now because, you yeah. know, the way how he's performing here and the way how his lines are, and yes, the, the dialogue in this... Yeah, boy, the lines, the delivery, the the dialogue is um, kind of bad. <laughs> it's kind of shoddy. It's kind of shallow. It's very, very, very cheap. Yeah, and I, as I say, I, I got that from the um, yes, from the trailer. You know, like the, the yeah. narration that you hear, which is from the the first episode, by the way. But if you notice the dialogue in that, it didn't come off like bland to you, like you know, yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah. And not, and not only that, but the animation, it wasn't, it wasn't um, sinking with the lips, no? Yeah, I'll talk about animation in a bit. Just looking off, yeah. Yeah, so when you hear somebody like Gene Smith, now, not saying that he just tried too hard, but even vocally, I felt that he tried too hard, now. But like in the first couple of episodes, I was asking myself, well, this is a joke, then. Is they kind of making fun of this kind of thing? And then I realized, well, it's not really so much a joke. You're actually being serious with this. And then his voice just started to grow on me a little bit as soon as I started getting used to the character. This is no way seeing that, you know, this character is well-developed and well-fleshed out and that Jaden's vocal acting is on point. But, yeah, imagine after the first couple of episodes, if you don't want to hear this man's voice again, you would dismiss this show altogether. But for me, I kind of bared with it. You know, I didn't think that he sucked terribly, but, yeah, um, he could have done way better, though, um, in terms of vocal performance. Um, everybody else, I thought, was was fine. Um, Susan Sarandon was fine. Cebu Skemi was fine. Uh, Frank Vincent, when he's there, was fine. Jesus Schwartzman, you know, as well. But, you know, Gene Smith, because he has to carry this this show on his shoulders, you know, you could tell that, you know, he had to feel the full weight of this now. And, you know, he has to deal with bad dialogue. That's his script there, though. So, you know, there's only so much that he could do. Um, now for the animation. Um, another thing, you know, I was asking myself, is this a parody of, you know, particular types of anime? Um, anime now? You know, the ones that, yeah. you know, we, we could easily accuse of cheating, you know, certain um, animation, you know, certain styles. Now. You know, there's the, the anime that you could tell, oh, all right, they're kind of cheating a shot here. You know, the background, everybody's still, the voc- um, the, the mouths don't really move in time. But, you know, it's like, oh, well, we have a budget that we had to work with. And that's always the right. excuse. It's always budgetary issues. Now, the thing is with this show now, um, because, like, in the trailer, if, if I'm not mistaken, they mentioned production IG. Right. And I was like, and um, Studio Dean. So I was like, all right, these two people, these two companies, sorry, they're supposed to deliver some kind of stellar animation that could look at yeah. um, Castlevania. 
four episodes it was but look at the animation on that now compare that to this one here where it felt like they were going for this like you know like a like a 13 or 22 episode runner so you had to kind of rush these shows out um rush all these episodes that's how it felt like to me now. it felt rushed to me now. You know, but still, well, from what I've heard, um, well, from what I've observed, it's actually more like um, an American take on anime. Now. And the funny thing is that when you actually watch these episodes, you do not see production IG's logo on it at all. So I'm like, okay, so why was the logo there in the trailer in the first place? That's weird. But I imagine that if they were there, we would have gotten way better animation here. So um, right. for the most part here, the animation in this show is basic. It's, you know substandard you know and i know a lot of people go into this might get real turned off by the animation how cheap and basic it is and like i said i was like all right is this parodying something i don't know you know I, and even the way the, the style of it and all too i was asking myself okay is this parodying like certain anime from like the 90s it has a kind of yeah. 90s look to it if, if you if you understand what i'm saying it has this kind of 90s feel to it, the the visuals and that but yeah. I don't know, you know, I, I'm not really sure what it's trying to do, you know. And that really kind of took me out of the, the show quite a lot of times. Um, what else? Um, I would give credit um, to the music, though, the musical choices. There's a lot of classical music that's used here. Um, and that's really because, okay, yes, because we're talking about the, the high society. So we have to have that classical music to, to you know, to, to fit that world because of course and I felt that for the most part the musical choices worked excellently here um, and apart from all that though yeah as you would expect this was pretty underwhelming um, but you know, the thing is with this because I went in blind I just kind of knew I just kind of knew about Gene Smith involvement involvement in this story so I didn't really know what to expect now so seeing this thing I was just like alright I kind of get where they were coming from. And oh, by the way, this is created by a guy called Ezra Koning, who is the leader of, um, he's the, the lead performer in this rock band called Vampire Weekend. I'm not familiar with right. their, their music at all, now, but I imagine this thing is like a passion project. Now. It's like something that, you know, they love anime, they love that kind of style. They they are in this world of, you know, the they are in this um rich millennial will anyway you know something that both of us could never relate to at all but you know so you know it sounds like something like you know here this is the anime for you know the smart people the cool people you know this is not that 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 um that sort of bloody brutal castlevania stuff no man this is all smart and edgy and speaking of edgy yes this show is tv emmy they do squeeze in okay. some um some some um some profanities isn't it and you know right. at times it's like you know why exactly you know why are you doing this thing and to me i just kind of got the impression that you're just trying to be all edgy now well it's netflix man we gotta be all edgy with it you know um right. and i you know i kind of do see this 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 series having an audience within you know the same um you know you know the people who just want their 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 their, 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 um, their entertainment to be all classy and 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 edgy but to me I just want to be entertained. I want something that I'm not going to be bored by. I want characters that I actually care about. And with here, I'm uh, sorry, I didn't really get that. And then on top of, of of all that, you have this kind of, you know, shoddy suspect animation. And I'm uh, sorry, in 2017, when you're seeing stuff like this coming out on Netflix, you had to be like, yeah, Jed, y'all couldn't get somebody else to do this stuff, you know what I mean? And, you know, the voice acting, which, like I say, for the most part was good, but just Jaden Smith's voice is gonna you know 
<laughs> is going to get to your news in some way, shape, or form. But yeah, apart from all that, there's really not much I could say about it. I mean, it's not, you know, the worst thing I've seen in my life, but it's far, far from great, unfortunately. Right. I don't even know if we're going to get a season two, but as far as I can see, I can really care less. I'm sorry to say, but that's how it is. So for me, I would give this a light two and a half out of five stars. See it if you want to, you know what I mean? If 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 you if you like your anime with less blood and violence, then you know you you may appreciate this. If you want to 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 you know if if you if you want your anime to be to please the millennial in you, then I guess you will you will get more out of this. But I don't know. For me, I just saw this thing, and you know, I just saw these kind of bland, uninteresting characters, even blander animation. Great musical choices, by the way, and just a a wasted effort overall. You know. So, right. yeah, two and a half out of five. See it if you want to, but other than that, you know, skip it. Just wait See. until Cas- a, a proper season of Castlevania comes out sometime next year. And, yeah, yeah just, just just chill with that, you know. Other than that, yeah, skip this one. Sad. Yeah, real sad. <laughs> well, all right, so moving along with that, now we're actually going to get to movies. Uh, we're going to touch on a couple that, um, well, uh, one, of, one of which we both saw, which is Lipstick Under My Booker. But before that... Yeah. Curious to hear about Moko Jambi boy. That that show that yeah. a lot of people was talking about. It's like, yeah, right. So, How was it? <sighs> yeah, yeah. Let, let had, out that sigh. Let out that depression. It had one. <sighs> well, it had a couple things good, good, good for it. I'll say the actors were good, but because the the script was out complete. Okay, so just gonna straight up say it is a completely aimless mess in terms of the script. Yay! Why Story, Story didn't make sense. In fact, I'm gonna go. It's so bad. It's like a borderline sizzle reel. <laughs> That's how bad. Especially coming down to the end, also. It just a lot of it didn't make sense or work. And then, and why I say sizzle reel because the cinematography in this is kind of brilliant. Uh, it's actually okay. really damn great, good. Great, great. All right. Um, well, from what I know, it's directed by um, Vashti Anderson. She's a right. well, Trini American um, director. Um, right. And the impression I got from the the synopsis is that it was going to touch on you know race, I guess, or you know just uh, being Indian like, or Afro-Trinidadian. I'm not too sure. Yeah, it it has a little bit of that, but it, like yeah, that don't go anywhere. And what they decide to do with it is like total incoherence coming out to the end because a lot of it didn't make sense. You're not clear on where they are, when they are. Um, they just came to a couple things. So I was like, okay, where are they exactly? Are they in Manzalena? Because it look like Manzalena. Um, are they <laughs> oh, in well, Sijos? They, geog- got- they, they even get the geography <laughs> mixed right, up. Right, so it, it's just hodgepodge South Trinidad somewhere. Right. And uh, then a character mentioned that I went to San Fernando. It's like, all right, well, where you went to San Fernando from? And then the when. So it's implied that it's during the, the, the 1990 coup. Because they have this one sequence and then... They run, and then they mention, "Oh, the prime minister has been taken over." Like, right. okay, so it's it's well, the well, e- exactly what is it about? Before you, all right. So what's about? So this girl, she comes back from the girl. I forget. I go. I really forget the name character's name. You know, um, Asha. Well, I do all right. I, I just read it from the, the film festival piece. So right, Asha. Right, Asha. Asha right. right. So, right. So she comes back from London, England, I think, and she with the Indian family down south, um, Indian aunt. And the other cousin, who I think is the Indian aunt's um, daughter. And they, she had to live with her. And then the neighbors who they sell the house to, or the neighbors renting out, this is black family. And they basically um, 
it's implied that they stole stuff from the main house. That's the story. That's kind of the inciting incident. And then she kind of, well, get in contact with this this black guy who's a neighbor, and his name is Roger. And she, well, he invited her to... Uh, I'm really trying to follow this narrative because it's kind of hard to follow <laughs> after this point. That, that, first that's, a, that's, a bad fine, eh? that's a very bad The first 20 minutes or so were fine, and then everything after that was nonsense. It had it, a lot of it didn't work. It had all these sequences that just didn't gel together. But here's the thing: the film is shot really fucking well. Okay, so before I met a, a look, a, 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 a shared friend of ours was in the screening with me down south, right? Right. And I met him. So I, I was what happens? I went to get get to have a nice little pizza place next to the in in Citrina. Mm-hmm. And so I went to Peter and I bounced up with him. Right. In C3, he was he's going to get a seat, going to collect a pizza because I ordered from before. And we just bounced and we started talking. And we were just talking about just normal thing. But he was talking about what was being shot. Now, I thought the film was shot with a red, right? Because of how good and well colored it was. Look, and I didn't think it was going to be an Ari or anything. But it didn't look like an Ari. Ari just have a specific look with the, with the, with the sensor. No? Yeah. But red just have this real nice, sharp look. And he said, no, it, it, wasn't, a, it wasn't a red, it was a Canon C500. Um, so it's not surprised. Um, Canon okay. C five hundred is an amazing camera. Um, and it, and well, once you have good glass, it looks great. And yeah, this film is shot really, 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 really well. Especially the uh, main black black kid, um, Roger. Mm-hmm. There's some, especially the final shots with him um, on the beach with the sun in his face, and he's like, well, wood, you're looking damn good. Right. And it's like. Yeah, this it basically it's a sizzle reel. I can in good conscience say it, it had any coherence to the story. It I, had I, a kind of interest. I'm about to ask if it's like a, a, oh gosh, God forbid, an art film, or is it just a drama? No, no I, can't, I can't say that either because it's clearly a narrative film. Um, but because it relies on dream logic way too much, oh. a lot of it didn't make sense. It had like supernatural laws, but it didn't they, like they just had lines, but the lines didn't make sense in the context. So like, if you get Trinidadian supernatural law and folklore. Then some of it makes sense, but none of it made sense in like just watching it just so. But right. it looked good. Now one question: was, and the is, accent, is, was all right. there any need for the supernatural stuff, or is it just there? Ah, uh, yeah, no, but that's kind of the story because it's like, well, the story is that she apparently, well, they're kind of doing the sex sense thing where she could see ghosts, but other people can't see ghosts sometimes. But then the boy could see ghosts too sometimes, and then they have this the, the Moko Jambi monster. But Moko okay, Jambi. But the thing is, yeah, about the Moko Jambi, if 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 it's right, Moko Jambi is just this creature that moving about that apparently it is it is deal with spirits and then one character was a spirit but it didn't make any sense because you learn some characters are spirit who you didn't think was a spirit and like oh oh that character is a spirit all right and it nothing worked with this in terms of the narrative it didn't flow didn't make sense. I couldn't follow it after about 20 minutes or so in terms of clear narratives. Wow. They, they cl- that, that, that early in though, Jesus. Yeah, no, but within, like, within 20 minutes, it started bullshit me. And I was like, <laughs> all right. That, that, that's bad. But you mentioned but, the, the, the acting though. Um, I was, I was right, curious about the lead now. How was, how was, how was Vanna? Who's Vanna, is it? Vanna is the lead. Asha? Yeah. Asha? No, yeah, Asha. Vanna V, that, that's right. her name. Right, no, yeah, yeah. She, 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 was in, she was in your film, your favorite film, Between Friends. Remember that? <laughs> Already, okay, I can't forget. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Uh, she she wasn't half bad. Um, and well, because she she's she's actually quite attractive. I didn't really notice, but the, the film really. All it have a little bit of a. He's a female director, but it have a lot of male gaze in this. <laughs> so I was that, like, that's surprised. That's surprised. Right, and then the 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 um the male character, he's he's pretty good. And well, they had she. Well, a big part of it is she she's attracted to him now because she's seen him outside doing his stuff, picking stuff and doing stuff physically. Cliche. You know, so you know. <laughs> so they have she a little thirsty now, a little thirsty yeah. young woman. Now. That and is so cliche. Then they had the her she had an aunt. She was a pretty good actress, I thought. Um, 
the all the characters were good. Everybody was good, but Jess, holy shit, yeah. Yes, Tread. And it, just, it, it really come across like a squandered premise. Like, you had all this great production. And I, I'll, I'll, I'll see it. The editing, not half bad. Or at least somebody, like, the, the running transition sequences. Because everything's supposed to be supernatural and scary and whatnot. It looked great. A lot of that looked great. Like I can't say it, it didn't look good. It was pretty scary. Well, at least imagery-wise, it looked okay. okay. Um, it's just the script, the script couldn't, couldn't gel together. And it's just unfortunate that it's a hot mess. Sorry to say it, I have to give this a really goddamn low score because of that. Um, oh boy! Uh, yeah, it it on it on Marshall Marshall Montano. Um, what is this? Uh, Basri, right? It on our levels, about a three point five out of ten kind of thing. Um, I it's imagine it's worse than Basri, right? This? Yeah. Um, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Okay. Slightly. But uh, well, well, maybe because of the, 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 the cinematography and, you know. That's the I thing. Guess, yeah. It looked real good when it was ready. Like, it had some some damn good shots. Like, they had shots using the moon. Moonlight. Relying on moonlight almost. Like, it seemed to be relying on moonlight almost entirely. Oh, I like, shit, well, wood. Really? Well, wood. Okay. Wood. Well, wood. <laughs> yeah, it looking good. Yeah. I like, all right, well, it, you know, that's nice, nice, some Roger Deacon shit there. So, it's like, well, wood. Um, All right. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll, was, I'll have it, to look up the, the, the cinematographer for that, mate. Right. Well, it has a clever name. I, I think it's a female cinematographer. It's um, something, something. Maybe it had a weird name. Slow, slow-mo or <laughs> slow-mo something. That was the name or something like that. I had to look it up. Like, yeah. it, she probably on IMDb. The movie okay. probably on IMDb, so you can look it up. Yeah. I thought it was great in that sense. That cinematography looked decent, but everything else. And then the acting wasn't half bad, but everything else just didn't gel together. I mean, total unraveling of a narrative. Didn't work. After 20 minutes, nothing made sense um, for me. Right. It had good acting. It had people are seeing the face. I'm like, hey, hey she in this nice. And it just didn't work. It's unfortunate. It was really goddamn unfortunate. But whatever. Um, all right. And in closing, do you somehow see this movie getting some kind of theatrical release, just like um, Green Days by the River? Uh, or have is this to, just, is have just to... a film festival, Woody? No, kind well, of they'll, have to re- they'll have to completely rehaul that edit. <laughs> Sorry, that's our first draft, if you're going to say anything. But I, they'll have to totally rehaul that edit if, if they're going to have a theatrical release because it's a mess. It's a total mess. Hmm. This is this is our first draft, at best, second draft, where you show the um, where you show any producer of our, of our big thing up there. Yeah, and yeah. then they'll do, a, they'll do a bunch of reshoots just to have, um, we call it, uh, uh, my brain's slipping right now, um, we call it connective tissue. Right. Right, you'll do you, a bunch you, of reshoots. You get feedback from, from the film, basically. Exactly. Like what to, and then you'll do a bunch of reshoots for, for connective tissue. To, to, and then, so you, you have it flow a little better. And then you actually make the story have some sense. And maybe just put in a little narration or a little, um, little quick run, you know, nar- um, dialogue sequence or something like that in the beginning. Or maybe and some exposition, good. you know. Right, a little bit. A yeah, little, little bit. bit. Little bit. Up your world, do a little bit of world building better. You know, have a better sense of where they are exactly. Are they, where are they? Manzanella, Cedrus, I didn't really get a sense where they were. I mean, it looked like Manzanella because of the trees and how that tree got drive there already. But I don't know. But then he mentioned this character from Cedrus, maybe. I was like, where they are? Because that looked like Cedrus too. Eh, whatever. Um, as it is, I can't, I can't in good conscience judge it properly. I didn't like it. I didn't care for it. Um, but again, it was really well shot. Yeah. Um, C5 it's a fantastic camera. And yeah, they really use it to its, to its full ability. Right. Now I, no, I, no, I, no, I know what I want for want Christmas, though. <laughs> now, see, now I know what I want for Christmas. Because nobody, it's a movie that you don't really shit on in the sense of, well, boy, this was hyped as some big thing, and then, um, you know, it, it fall, fall, fall flat. Yeah. Not like with um, 
it's not like with 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 Marshall with Basadino. Yeah. Uh, with Basadino, I was expecting a product of quality, and I didn't get that. Mm. Um, but with this, it's like yeah, it was a little too experimental. It felt again relied on Dream Logic too much, and a lot of it just didn't work. Narrative didn't work. Didn't build the story. They talk about race a lot. They talk about um, they talk about spirits a lot. They talk about the past a lot. But and it had some, some decent enough dialogue. It had a decent guest star too. It had um, I think his Rootsman wasn't it? Oh really? Yeah, Rootsman had dialogue. I was like, oh, that's not Rootsman. Good. All right. Yeah, but everything else just didn't work, and so it's really unfortunate that it, it didn't gel together like that. Because again, it could it could if they sit down and do some reshoots and make the connective tissue better, and then rehaul rehaul the edit mm-hmm. to make it flow a little better. Uh, yeah, it could be a decent, solid product. I'll give like a 5 out of 10, maybe even a 6 out of 10 because of the cinematography. Um, but as it is, sorry, um, it, it sucked. <laughs> sorry. Ah, well. I can, in good conscience, um, support that. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, well. Well, like I say, didn't see a trailer for it. Just saw a couple of pictures. Just saw Vanavi's, right. like a close-up of her face. Like, oh, well, I guess that's a reason why I should see this thing. Uh, maybe not. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know where this film will go. But you know, I hope it wouldn't go completely forgotten. That, that's all I have to say. Right. Anyway, so moving along to uh, a film that um, actually came out from India. Um, it's called Lipstick Under My Burka, and this is one just like Mogo Jummy, where like for me, I didn't watch the trailer. I knew little to nothing about it. But because right. you always seeing these promo pictures, you always seeing this one with this um, particular actress on a on a yellow bike. Um, yeah. I'll talk about that. I'll talk about her character just now. It's all like, well, yeah, we have to see that there, you know. Like I was, I was, I was watching it uh, when I, when I, when I went to that screen, and that one scene with her on the bike, and I was like, oh, that's that's your that's your little promo shot. That's the film festival scene, there. you know. When you yeah. when you have it in, in a um, like you know for the the trailer for the film for the film festival itself, you know, you always have that one shot. Was like, oh, that looked nice. All right, I want to see that show. That's that one shot, now, you know. Uh, but anyway. So this is a 2017. I don't want to call it a comedy drama. It's more dramedy than anything like that. Well, You're right. that makes sense yeah. here. So it's drama, but not too comedic. No, but it has com- uh, comic yeah. moments. Um, this apparently had um, was you know critically and commercially successful in India. Even right. though, like what I was watching, I was like, okay, they actually get away with with certain things, little taboo stuff, you know, visual stuff that right. you wouldn't expect to see in a, in a film from India, you know. Yeah. So um, I'm reading up the the um, the certificate that I got. Um, there are contagious sexual scenes, abusive words, audio pornography, and a bit sensitive <laughs> touch about one particular section of society. Wow, you could right. be that more vague. <laughs> right. Anyway. Uh, the one thing. Okay, so before we get into the story itself, the one thing I thought they would have. I, I didn't notice it at all during the sim. I only saw it once, so I can rewind and <laughs> check. Yeah, me, um, me too. Did it? They didn't make any mention to, well, it's in Bhopal. Yes, it is. It's so set in I Bhopal. thought, right, so I thought they would have made mention of the Bhopal, the, well, probably the worst industrial accident ever that happened roughly a little over 30 years ago. Um, the Bhopal chemical rea- um, um, accident. No? That's big, no, big failure. I Bhopal think, chemical leak. I think if I'm not mistaken, one of the characters, that's that's the, the oldest of the, of the protagonists, right? Right. I think she, that she mentioned that is how her her, her husband, slight spoiler, died. I think that's what it was. Okay, that, I could okay, be wrong. I, I, could I, be missed wrong. That, I probably missed that in the. I probably had like a blink or window on, on my phone or something. I right. probably missed that piece of dialogue. Yeah, but but yes, I do know that the um that that her husband died unfortunately, and I yeah. got you know as he, as you described that to me, like you know maybe that was what happened, but I you know like yeah. I just can't remember what it was. 
Yeah. Um, so just see these this stories. This is uh, this is Usha, right? Yes, yes, yes. That, yeah, um, right. right. Uh, was was a was a was a name boy, um, Auntie. Right. Yes, Auntie. Right. Um, the yeah, oldest Usha. of these of these characters here. Yeah. Um, so yeah. let's run through the, the the story here quickly. Um, it's about these four women. And by the way, yeah. I was under the impression that it was just going to be about the the one chick who was on the bike. I didn't know it was right. really about these four women. Uh. Um, yeah, they're all, I thought it was just yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, they're all I. Well, for the they're, they're not all relatives actually. I think uh, just a couple no, or three of them. Are, yeah, all of them just living in the same little small district in in in, in Bhopal. Yes, yes. Right, a little, little area. Yeah. Right. So um, we have the youngest. Her name is Re Rihanna. Sorry. Um, she's yeah. this um college girl, and the thing is that she is a Muslim. So you know when she's um outside, she has to you know wear full Muslim garb and stuff like that with the right. burqa. Yeah, burqa, yeah. yeah. But because of the influences um, at school, you know, with um, you know, with, with her peers and stuff. And also yeah. her her um fandom for Miley Cyrus of all people. Right. She um she sneaks out every once in a while, you know, she wears casual clothes, including jeans and stuff like that. And she tries yeah. to do it behind her parents' back. Back, sorry. Yeah. Um, and she has dreams of being, you know, a, a singer one day, you know, because she does idolize Miley Cyrus. All right. So the the second character, her name is Leela, and she pretty much got roped in into this um, arranged marriage to this quote unquote nice guy. But the thing is, is that um, she actually has this um, the sexual relationship before that with a photographer, a wedding photographer, actually. Um, yeah. As you would and as you would guess, yes, there is a love triangle thing kind of going on there. Um, that's all I'll say right. at the moment. Right, so the third character is um, Shireen. She is this um, saleswoman. Um, she has uh, three boys, I believe. It's three boys, right? She has three kids. If uh, yeah, she has three. Is either two or three kids? Um, and her husband kind of shows up every once in a while. But you know where the film kind of starts up, he shows up, and um, you know it's just them trying to pretty much rekindle the flame that he had um, when they were in, you know when they were you know dating and when you when they now got married and stuff. But, you know, she's just not feeling it anymore. You know, when they're in bed, it's awkward and stuff like that. And then um, later on, she learns something about her husband. That's all I'll say. And the final character is um, Usha. She's the oldest of the of the four. Um, like I said, she is a widow. Her husband died years ago. And she pretty much um, spends most of her time at home. Um, she's always reading a book. And this one particular book um, is this erotic yeah. novel, this Pulp Fiction book. Right. And that um, about, ties, ties them together. Yeah, and it's about the character of Rosie, and it's really about the sexual right. reawakening, if you will. Right. And it kind of um, parallels Usha's all, you know, all current life. Them. And all four well, of it, them. It, it parallels all four of them, I think. Yeah. But in the case of this show here, it's not so much about sex. It's really about you know them being women in general in this society, in this right. mostly patriarchal society. So we touch on topics of, you know... Um, the whole idea of you know you shouldn't wear jeans, you know, there's a subplot about um about Rihanna um being part of this um this group that's against these people who say that you know jeans are outlawed and all that kind of stuff, which to me is just right, really, jeans for women, yeah, yeah it re- just really doesn't make any sense in terms of Leela. Now it's like all right, I'm roped into this marriage here, this arranged marriage here, but you know how do I break it off with this guy and do I really want to spend the rest of my life with this guy? even though he's nice and he treats me nice and all that kind of stuff. Um, also with Shireen, you know, um, her being the saleswoman and stuff, and her just trying to be this, um, you know, trying to support her kids and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's right. like, where's the dad and all that kind of stuff. And then when we learn about what the dad is up to, it's like, you know, how do I deal with this? 
and then finally with Usha, you know, her being old and that kind of stuff. And there's this nice little subplot which I liked where uh, it's her pretty much um, taking a liking to the swimming instructor, you know. And it's like, well, you know, her feeling embarrassed and ashamed, you know, to be around him because of how old she is. But, you know, they, they do form this little relationship and it kind of mirrors what's going on with the book as well. And that's all I was saying. Right. So, um, thoughts on Lipstick Under My Burka? What did you think about it? I thought it was pretty good. I really liked this movie. I didn't yeah. expect to enjoy it so much. It started a little slow, but after the second hour or so, it really picks up when you, there's a certain reveal that's pretty goddamn brutal. Yes, it was. It's a reveal. It was. I know you're talking about. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but I thought it was pretty brutal when, when well, yeah, you should know what I'm talking about. When she, character walks and walks through a window, she sees someone in a restaurant. Yes, like, yes, yes, yes. Oh, I don't talk about it. Yeah. Right, okay, well, well, you know what to talk about. No, it's like, yeah. God I, yeah, damn. No, I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was like, God damn, that is brutal. That yeah, is a there, kiss. There, there's God. some goddamn brutal yeah. <laughs> gut punches, especially in the two. Yeah. Like, my God. Right. Two right. actors have not too much right. gut punches, but there's, and then there's another. Like, there's another. Right, so basically, this movie is is Indian women taking L's and Indian men are cunts. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, that, that's the message. Indian like, men geez, are bad. They are evil. Indian they men, want cheat on women because part suck. of them, yes, they suck. Yeah. They, 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 they tick with the dicks. That's what they do. <laughs> um, no, but it was, well, the only one, one Indian guy who seemed to be fine. I was like, all right, he okay. He okay. But every other Indian dude did this like, wow, fuck that guy. And then yeah, a character he, he thought would be okay. I wow, know, fuck that guy. I know, it's what he does. Guy. But in the end, I was like, jeez, boy, really? Yeah. Really, Dread? I go, I, I want to put he there. And they put he there. I was like, wow. Yeah, <laughs> All right. And I felt yeah, so sorry this. for the person who, who got yeah. that, that elder. That, that, yeah. that was the moment where, it, to me, it just kind yeah, of got silent. That, that and you just felt but, that emotion. Um, right. Yeah, overall, overall, this was excellent for me. Um, it, it, it tied four narratives together really, really well. Um, all Everybody acted really, really well. Like the, the acting. And then, especially the, um, what's her name? The, the Muslim gallery, Irina. Yeah, Rihanna, the, the youngest. Yeah, Rihanna, I right. thought she was great. Yeah. Though. Her arc was very, very good. And then uh, Usha's arc was very, very good. Yes. Um, yes the, other two arcs, the other two arcs, whilst good and it was pretty brutal, I didn't hold me as much. But because of that piece of brutality they do, <laughs> I get as what? Around the, around the end of the second arc, um, around the end of the second arc is your find out. I was like, okay, <laughs> all right, we're going there. And they make it work. Um. And then the main, I didn't the arc with the photographer. I didn't really care for that all that much, frankly. Yeah. Um, it didn't and, put and me as much as the, the photographer was, was kind of a dick anyway. So it was like, well, you know, yeah. he's a douche. <laughs> like yeah. holy crap, I can't. Indian men are douches, and he does short and kind of dark already. Yeah? Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah um, but it, but but, it, but I do agree with you as well. Um, I, I thought that the acting was excellent across the board. Yes. Um, you the know, person, spe- the especially from, 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 from um, um, Usha. Well, the uh, Usha, right? Yeah, the, 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 the real name is Ratna Patak. Yeah, 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 she, right, she was yeah. great as well. You do like for me, she she was the most. Um, I won't say relatable, but you do connect with her even more. You know, just the fact that yeah. you are old and you are in a society where you know beauty is you know is all about these young women and stuff like that. So, you know, is there a chance for and love? Sexual you know expression I mean? in general. Yeah, is there a chance for love? And um, do yeah. I deserve that at my age? Yeah. You know, what I mean, it's that was a really you know profound um, story arc for me in that in that film. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one with Rihanna, though, it took me a while to get into um, because, you know, it's, 
I, I get the whole, you know, wanting to, to, you know, not so much teen angst or rebellion, but just wanting to be comfortable in your own skin, not having to hide behind these dark clothes. And I, I, I that, you know, I really got that. Um, yeah, no, there is a, like her, a little love scene her, going on there, and I was like, all right, it's a little generic at times, but no, but her arc was, part, was, I got was to, yeah, I got where she was, was coming brutal. from. Yeah, go ahead. No, her arc was more brutal than I thought it would have been because you find out, you find out, no, well, sorry, something happened that you didn't expect to happen with her when it got a little bit of a come up on now, so you didn't yes, feel entirely yes, yes, sorry yes. for her. The, the reveal, and, though, because at first I was like. Right. Okay. What's what going on here? And then when I took when I thought about, it, I was like, right. Oh, it was right. Yeah. Oh shit! That come back. Right. Like, wow. It's like it come back. It come back from the start. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And it's how it how it play out. I was like, okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, Shireen's <laughs> arc, I would say, I wouldn't say it's the weakest, but right. Um, it is. There are some entertaining moments in it, but you know, you just got the idea of you know she she's taking care of all these kids, and of course the the husband might get bored and. You know, it's like what's she doing with she life, that kind of thing. That's like you yeah. know, you've seen this kind of stuff before. Um, yeah. I would say, you know, I, I kind of want to say it's the weakest, but it's not to say that you know there is one particular act that just didn't work um, more than the other. No, but I'll just say with this one here, the others I felt were um, a lot more stronger than than this one here. But for the most yeah. part, Shireen's arc was entertaining. Um, Leela's yeah. one, the one that I. Going into this thing, I thought it was going to be all about Leela because, you know, of that promo right. clip of her yeah, and Beitner, yeah. you know? Me too. Um, you don't know the name. Just the yeah. name. Yeah. Uh, her, her arc was pretty good as well. I like that it gave her some complexity here because, yes, we could see that, yes, this movie's kind of seen that, you know, men are bad and all that kind of stuff, but that's not to say that oh, these women are, you know, holier than thou. They do have flaws. Right. They do make mistakes here and there. I'm not saying that yeah, yeah, we yeah. should condemn them for that. They, we, You know, they are human. We are human at the end of the day. But, you know, her, I, I felt the most complexity here you know, because, like, okay, she's going to be married to this guy here, but she kind of doesn't want to be with him. She's not too sure. But then there's this other right. guy. So it's like, what do I do? You know, and it really touches on the whole, you know, just the idea of arranged marriages in general, you know, just yeah. being chopped up or being roped into being in a relationship with somebody that you don't have any feelings for. And that's how to deal with that. Yeah. That's, that, that really resonated with, uh, resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the music I thought was the music was decent for the most part. Um, the the cinematography was on point. The direction right. was was solid. Um, yes. And like you, um, I did kind of go in like the, the first, you could say ten or twenty minutes. I was like, all right, trying to kind of piece together what's going on because I was right. I didn't expect there was going to be four narratives now. So it took a while for my brain to kind of get used right, to it but to then when it right, did I was like okay up, yeah. now again it now I've seen how they all connect and then at the very end right. when they do connect though um, and that's one thing was one little minor gripe though it just kind of ends like okay well we're together nothing has been solved really but right. I guess that's kind of yeah, the point life but goes you know yeah. we're still together we're still alive life goes on so I know that kind of ending like a proper resolution might turn off some yeah, people. It, it, it reminds me um, this movie a little bit, a little bit it reminds me of um, Amores Peros. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Great movie. Yeah, though, a which, little, little bit it reminds me of that. Um, it just, it just about these multiple stories and it's about a, a slice of life kind of something going on and they just gel together everything in a good way because the finale, well, the big final thing kind of comes together and everybody goes together, comes together pretty well, I should say. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, it 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 works. It's, it's a solid film for me. Um, yeah. um, well, that's just the last much. thing I want to say before before we get to, to ratings. So um, I like yeah. how they do touch on 
particular prejudice, uh, prejudices against um, you know women in in India. And you know, yeah. for, for somebody like me who does not live in India, just seeing these things like, well, seriously, in today's right. world, this this kind of thing still exists. These these belief systems and whatnot. But yeah, um, a, a really crazy film for not beating us over the head with it. With you know, not right. positive exactly. film to make us feel so sorry about these things that happen. Yeah, they they leave room for nuance, and I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, um, especially near the end, especially with the the um, the conclusion as well. Um, yes. F- but yeah, this is a very entertaining film. It. Is right. it is a drama, but it's not overly, you know, dramatic and not overly depressing. There yeah, and, and the humor, humor, a lot of the humor you know. works. Yes, especially with um, Usha's yeah. character. Especially with Usha's character. Usha's character. Yeah, I thought that that's what was, was yeah, strong. It works. Yeah. You're right. Even though, like, how that wraps itself up is kind of yeah, goddamn tragic. That was hard. That was hard. That was hard. Yeah, I real damn hard. Yeah, but for the most part, yeah, I really enjoy this one. Um. As a man, <laughs> yeah, I would say that that this one, this yeah, I enjoyed it. But I, of course, yeah. you know, women will enjoy the you know praise and enjoy the hell out of this one. But this is not yeah. a show like exclusive to women, of course. I mean, guys can watch it and yeah, enjoy whatever. It for, for it's, like, what it's just a good human story. Yeah, a good human story. It's a I solid think. story. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I enjoyed this as well. Um. Well, I'm gonna give Marita. No, I am so, gonna give this a very high movie tongue. All right. Great. That's what it deserves, I think. Um, it works really, really well. It flows very, very well. Um, yeah, I could see this in film classes for years from now. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Working for yeah. multiple reasons. Probably gender studies and probably for just Indian cinema in general. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, works. This is one it's, that, it, that it, should it be does, remembered. Yeah. yeah, it does It does a lot of great um, commentary on, on film and just, just Indian population. Not too complex, but not too simple either. Just in the right place and just, just well made and well done. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Um, well, I, I I forgot to mention too that I do give the, the this film praise for being edgy, you know, uh, especially right. for a an Indian film, you know. Um, couple, there's some sex scenes, but you know, it's not gratuitous or you know no, explicit yeah, or like that. But it's there, you know. Right. And like when I saw the first, I was like, oh, okay, we go in there, and then it happens again. I'm like, oh, we get in there, and then right. well, I don't know what their um thing is with uh with 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 um, foul language i'm not too sure but you know the film is edgy it's real but it's not like yeah. it doesn't go overboard with it. it's not trying to be too no, it, it, because it's still it's still very it's still very saccharine in its world building yeah um but it wasn't as i said it left enough room for nuance for me to enjoy it, it wasn't real hardcore or anything like that but it just it was solid exactly, solid world building exactly it, it, right, exactly it world building and trying to be real it's not like we're gonna yeah, dumb ourselves down of, because of some sense of board or whatever Right, and you really got a sense of Bhopal and how you know the in the in and arounds and everybody office space and so it's well made in that way. Yeah, I, I yeah I agree. Um, but for me, I would give this a strong three and a half out of five. This is yeah. definitely one you should check out if you do get a chance. Um, if this thing comes out on home media, by all means, you know watch it there. If you happen to see yeah. it in theaters, yeah, give this one a look, man. So um, yeah, this was good for me. Yeah, so good good call on the TTFF for, for showing this film. You know, I mean, yeah. it's good that um. You know, I mean, on, on the one hand, it's like, well, you know, it should be movies from the Caribbean or about the Caribbean, you know. But it's good that we could get films from other countries that we can no, yeah, kind like of relate me, to in some way. For me, I want... That's what, that what it should be. It should be it's half-half. It's a film half, festival. Like, get, I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It should be half-half. Like, try to get stuff that... Like, I was, I thoroughly embraced uh, Miles Davis last year. Loved that they brought that down. Yes. Um, um, and this, uh, what's this it? Was Miles like, Ahead? Of it, was it called? Miles Ahead, right. Yeah. yeah, Miles Davis film. And, yeah, I want more movies. Like, I was expecting some stuff from TFFF. Uh, this this wrong, but we didn't get it, so whatever. Yeah, that that would have been great though if he got some stuff from 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 Tiff, but 
Yeah, I mean this whoever. this one has has um received from um you know a lot of praise from you know um from different festivals as well. So I guess yeah, it kind of it kind of makes sense that something like this would show in our film festival. And right. I mean I'm not regretting it at all. I mean this this was a, a solid film. So yeah, by yeah. all means, guys, if you do get a chance to see it, yeah, give this one a look. Right, see. All right, so just a couple more films. So first off was a film that I've been hearing a lot of uh, for the past few months. But the thing about it is, well, yes, of course, we didn't get down here um, for one right. thing. Secondly, um, I didn't want to know much about it here because of the so-called controversy that took place with it. Right, so, it's very misleading. Yes, yes, yes. So the film yeah. that I'm talking about is called It Comes at Night. Get your okay. heads out of the gutter, please. <laughs> you know, with that title. And in case you're well, wondering... Yeah, well, oh, browsers, well, uh, yeah, porn parody in browsers in 54321. Yes, yes, yes. But <laughs> I don't know. It's just... I wondered how we could actually do a parody to this. Though. It would be... It would be very, Well, very, I, very I ain't seen the movie yet, so I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> probably make... It, I'm sure it's easy to make the joke after. Yeah, yeah but, but when you hear the premise, though, you'll be like, yeah, you can't make a porn out of this. Or can you? I don't know. But anyway, so um, this, as I said at, at the beginning, um, it was released by E24. Um, the same people who brought out uh, my favorite horror movie of 2016, which was The Witch, or The Witch, as you want to call it. Yes, yes, yeah. The Witch. And it follows within that same vein, once again, spooky forest, um, minimalist, um, more like minimalist cinematography, but, you know, it's, yeah, yeah just the visuals, that, you know, a lot of emphasis on darkness and shadow and all that jazz. Yeah. But anyway, so, but the premise of this was quite interesting. I'll, I'll get to the whole controversy thing in a bit. So, we cannot put we cannot just play smack dab into the post apocalypse, right? So it's never implied what happens, but we cannot get it through um, bits of dialogue, you know, spoken by the um by the by the characters, sorry. So yeah. essentially there was like this outbreak that took place, this virus that was unleashed, a lot of people died, and yeah. the, the, the few survivors that they are have more or less retreated to the woods. Um, if you are infected with this virus, you have to, you know, yeah. just like just like with Walking Dead, which is an easy show to reference, which is an easy show to compare and contrast um, this uh, movie too. Right. You have to, you know, kill this person and, you know, bury them and burn the body. That's essentially the rules that um, this guy um, played by Joel, Joel Edgerton. His name is Paul. That's the rules that he lives by. It's like, okay, yeah. I have this family here. So essentially it's um, um, his wife. Who's played by Carmen Ejogo, I believe that's how you pronounce her name. Okay. Yeah. Um, the last film I believe she was in was Alien Covenant. I could be wrong. Um, and their um, and their seventeen-year-old son, um, Travis, who's played by Kelvin Harrison Jr. I'll talk about his performance in a bit. So right. they live in the woods, you know, in the middle of nowhere, essentially, and you know they survive day by day, you know, and and the thing is, is that um, they ensure that. Well, there's no electricity at all, so they just in, ensure that there's water, you know, that there's food and stuff like that, and right. they make sure that their doors are locked um, once once night falls, basically. Um, the film opens up with a relative of theirs um, dying from this um, virus, and then yeah. they had to literally shoot this character in the head, and then bury the, this character and burn his body, you know. And from there, we just get this whole, the, well, <clears throat> the, the, the strongest team in this film, which is um, family, you know, just the idea of um, stick, staying, you know, staying with your family, you know, holding on together, even when, right. you know, this, this in, you know, 
when you're not sure what's what's lurking out there so um one day um paul ends up running into this um this guy his name is will he's played by christopher abbott and we learn that he has a wife uh, who's played by riley keogh um, right. her name is kim and they have a, a well they have a um they have a son well little boy and you know with paul's character he it's just all about like survival just you know survival at at, at um at any means basically so it's like well we don't really trust anybody else we stick we stay to ourselves you know it is so here's this guy asking us for help so i i don't know red flags going off here she's so like all right you know cool yeah i mean he has a wife and kids so i mean what's the worst that could happen and let's you know so bring him into you know to the um to the household they spend some time together but then um, it's slowly revealed that one of these characters may be infected and may be spreading right. this virus amongst, you know, the people inside this household here. So it's like, right, you know, right. what do we do? Do we, you know, do we start a mistrust each other? Do we just kick these these um, these newcomers out? Or do we just try to cut this thing at the source and, you know, just try to move on? And that's all I really want to say, because if I say any further, anything further about the, the premise, it'll be spoilers. Right. OK. Um, so the controversy around the marketing with this now <laughs> what i did right so i watched the film well home media right and then i watched the trailer for this guy i didn't watch any trailers for this for this at all i was looking at this and like yeah now i see why this film didn't do that well in the box office and why on rotten tomatoes right now i think it has like a 96 percent in terms of the tomato meter but in terms of the audience meter it's like 48 percent so it's like rotten oh wow okay yeah, yeah it's, it's really like, really right, weird right, though it's one of it's one of it's one of these yeah, one yeah. of these. Um, I'm not sure if the witch had that same problem, but um, yeah, this is the main issue here, where people are going into this thing, and I know we're gonna get that same thing hopefully when we see mother. People are gonna go into right, this thing, true. yeah, yeah right. expecting, mother, yeah, mother coming, right? Yeah, people like. I yeah. hope I hope mother don't get cancelled because they find out what mother about. Yeah, boy, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope I, not. That'll piss me off if, if that happens. Eh? I, I really want to see hope mother not. I really hope not. I really yeah. dying to see this film. But anyway. Yeah. So when you see the trailer, there's three trailers for this thing. You would tell yourself, "Oh, well, this is some kind of bite your fingernails kind of terror, you know, right. horror film, there, you know." And essentially, believe it or not, this movie is not really a horror. It's more drama, but more thriller drama. But there are elements of horror. Yeah. And unfortunately, the horrific stuff, uh, just like Moko Jumbi, relies on dream logic. So yes, a particular okay. character has these horrific nightmares and it's like oh well that's what the trailer was showing but it's not really the virus i was going on it's just the dreams that were going on in this character's head and that was that's probably the the main drawback that i had with this film i wish that they didn't right. rely on these dream sequences there's not too much of them but when they're there it's like oh gosh man we're doing this old technique where it's like oh, it's a dream you know what i mean like didn't we graduate from this in terms of horror filmmaking like didn't right. the horror genre evolve from these these nightmare thing that we used to see like well, in the seventies and eighties? I don't know. Unless you're unless you're doing the Freddy, unless you're doing the Freddy Krueger thing. Yeah. So it's kinda not really warranted. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And you know, something like this where you expect it to be more intelligent in terms of his storytelling. It's like, well, you really had to rely on this 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 technique. Uh, but anyway. Um so what I would say, um right. So back to the whole controversy thing. So yeah, people went into this thing expecting a horror film and, you know, uh, I, I would imagine a lot of people walked out really disappointed. However, the critics do praise this film to high heaven and I, I believe, I wouldn't be surprised if, if there's like one or two scenes, this is probably like the best horror of the film, of the year, sorry. 
Which, right. yeah, it's not, <laughs> actually. But that's a no way saying that this movie is terrible. But, you know, I just really can't call this thing a horror film. And then when you, if you were to say for yourself, you tell yourself the same thing too. Yeah, this is not a horror. I mean, it has horrific stuff in it. A lot of it, which is implied, by the way. But, yeah, this is not really a horror. This is more like a survival drama. No? This is more like, right. um, remember this film, The Road, which came out a couple of years ago? A few years yeah, ago, which sorry, I loved. with um, Vigo Mortensen in it. Yeah, which yeah, I loved. I loved yeah. The Road. Um, the Last of Us, another example of that, you know. Right, right. Trying yeah. to survive in this, in this, you know, really crappy world, you know, the Walking Dead um, formula. Um, but what I like here with with this film here is not so much about okay, we're gonna have, we're gonna show you all these scenes with people killing, um, shooting um, zombies in the head. And, you know, it's not yeah. about that. That's not what this film is about. It's really about paranoia and fear within um, this family. And particularly with the characters of Paul, um, who I said played excellently by Joel Edgerton, and his yeah. son, um, Travis, who, well, the, the guy who plays him, like I said, is Kelvin Harrison Jr. I thought that he was excellent in this. I, I've never seen him in any film here, but I was, like, very impressed by what I saw here. Um, the mother, she is there, she's serviceable, but I find that she didn't, she wasn't there as much as all that, but I felt that the film really um, centered on the male characters. Um, Another thing here with this film here is that the cast is ridiculously short. It's like about eight actors in this film, though, you know? But really what, what carries this film is just the cinematography, for one thing, which, by the way, is fantastic. I love the use of light here because it's, you know, because of the title and because they're trying to imply that, you know, about what's looking in the shadows and all that kind of stuff. They use light sparingly, but how they use it in the film was, was, was excellent. Whether it's, you know... Um, with a with a lantern or whether it's with candlelight right. and stuff like that, yeah. um, it, even there's even a few dinner scenes here which reminded me, you know, like um, the one in the witch, which um, I believe I said in my review, was probably one of the creepiest scenes in the whole movie, you know, because of how dimly lit it was, you know. But you yeah. know, it just kind of adds the fact that yeah, this is a will, like I say, devoid of electricity. But hey, we're trying to make the best of what we have here. But it's just don't go out there in the woods at night because you don't know what's gonna what's out there. You don't know what's creeping out there. Right. Now, the title now, just get into the title in a bit. It itself, we don't know what it is. We never see what it is. And I think that is, you know, is, is, a, is a creative risk that um, the director and writer of this film, um, Trey Edward, Sh- Edward Schultz, sorry, main, and I thought for the most part it would because it kind of keeps you on edge now. You know, at, right. at first, I've, it, it kind of came off a little gimmicky, like, oh, we, okay, so clearly we're not going to see this thing, so was the point so you're just gonna keep um teasing <laughs> right. us with it but you know right. because it was more character driven you know i can't ignore the fact that it's not so much about what's going on outside or what it is but it's really about what's going on inside you know and i thought that it would um for the most part um performances like i said were great um the the music i thought was um uh, was decent as well cinematography excellent the story yeah. itself um i thought was 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 um was competently you know told um, I would admit the first 10, 15 minutes, I wasn't sure exactly where the show was going. Because like, all right, okay, so is this going to be this survival thing? Is it just about them looking for an excuse to go outside in the woods at night and then confronting something? And that's what that's what the film is going to be about. But really, you know, when the, the other family is introduced, that's when it really started to hit me. I was like, okay, now I, I get what it's about. It's just really this mistrust that's going on. And really and truly, it's like you're, you're looking at it saying, like, okay, there's no way... These two families living under the same roof together are gonna 
bicker about something or not gonna trust each other. But they worked in right. this little subplot here. It's like, okay, I see where this is going, and the way how it ends, I'm not gonna spoil it. It ends logically, like it it they kind of carry out this question, which is you know um, really just the idea of trust now in this world now. You know, can I right. really trust my neighbor in this world? You know, right. especially with the fact that hey. What if this person could get a virus? What if a family member gets a vir- uh, gets the virus now? What do I do? Right. You know that whole idea. I felt that, um, uh, and the way how they, they answer to the end, though, and yes, the ending itself is going to divide people. To me, when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, okay, that's how it ends." All right, I kind of saw it coming, but um, really heavy way to end this film. It it really ends on a sour note. That's all I'll say. But okay. um. To me, at you know, to me when I looked at it, it was like, okay, that's all they're gonna end it. All right, it just kind of ends. All right, okay, yeah, yeah. And the story moving along. Okay, moving on, whatever. Right. But um, I don't know. Like the more I thought about it, the more I was like, okay, well, it kind of just adds to the bleak tone of the film. Well, it does. It does add to it perfectly because um, the, um, the inspiration for this film, by the way, is that um, it's a director Trees his his father actually passed away and you know the feelings that the emotions that he felt you know after his death is what inspired him to make this film here you know just the idea that you don't know how you're gonna die or if you're gonna die it's gonna be miserable and painful but not even that not even so much about how you die but what if somebody that's close to me dies you know how do i deal with that and you got that mostly through the character of travis how does how yeah. travis at you know even though he's 17 years old and even though he kind of has this sort of optimistic viewpoint of life, you know, there's not much for him to do now. So it's like, all right, I'm just going to make the most of my time here. I mean, I, I, I can't help it. I have to do that. But still him having to deal with this death and then, well, with death itself and then threat of death or, you know, the dangers that are outside, you know, um, how that's reflected on the character I thought was well done. But yeah, for the most part though, um, I would admit I was let down in the fact that it wasn't exactly a horror film. I mean, there were right. some creepy moments where I was like, yeah, this is really a drama more than anything else. With right. elements of thriller, with, with a, you know, with some thriller parts in it and a couple of horrific stuff in it, but really nothing too much to say, oh, this is the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. But still, right. though, I got where, you know, Trey was, was getting at with the story. Um, I wouldn't say that it's executed perfectly, though. The whole and this is all intentional by the way and i know this may this may um piss a lot of people off it's all intentional in terms of how vague this this um the the, the story is how okay, we don't right. know what the virus is we don't know who has it right. we don't know this we don't know that and you know trey himself I, I believe he said in a couple of interviews like yeah this is all intentional i kind of don't want to i kind of don't see the need to tell you why or even write down the title what does it means i he doesn't really know now you know, and I know right. a lot of people might be like, well, yeah, why? What's the point of all this then? You're not going to explain anything. You're just going to show us these characters just kind of go through this paranoia and fear. I mean, seeing right. it is very, you know, captivating, very engaging. But I imagine to a lot of people just be bored by this, be like, well, I kind of want some answers, please. You know, at the end of it, it's just like, you didn't really answer my question. That You, 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 you gave my questions to figure out while I was watching the film, but you didn't answer them, you know? But still, uh, for the most part, I thought that this was, uh, I won't call this an experimental film, but this was a uh, experiment, if you will. An experiment in terms of the genre of, of horror as well, of, of um, post-apocalyptic horror and survival drama. 
um, something like this though is like um, I would imagine people who just kind of fed up of um, The Walking Dead kind of just got numbed it or um, yeah. people who just like that particular subgenre that post-apocalyptic um, stuff but kind of want to see something different in it would really yeah. enjoy this and you know for me looking at this I thought that it was very ambitious I praise the ambition in it in terms of what it did in terms of just this sort of minimalist kind of directing and cinematography and stuff but um, yeah. I wish personally that they could have had a little bit more scares to it and we could have gotten at least a few questions answered instead of just oh well it's supposed to be implied man everything is all implied man I don't see right. to answer these questions because it's all emotional and whatever you know but still in the end of the day, I will give this a strong three and a half out of five stars it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea especially those who are going to go into this thing expecting horror but um, right. you know like comparing this to the witch though I would say it is one of the most ambitious horror films I've seen in a long while a film that does right. not really rely on gore and you know right. jump okay. you know scare tactics and stuff like that but it's more internal it's more psychological and you know to me I love me a psychological horror every once in a while you know right so yeah. yeah i i but i do see myself watching this film again just to see if i get the same effect or maybe if i get creeped out even more um right. but yeah if, you, if you're interested give this one a look i would highly recommend yeah, don't uh, watch the right. trailers was, was, the trailers one, are very this one, misleading this one was on my, yeah this one's my, 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 my watch list i mean pretty much anything a24 i'll jam with i mean i would think i'd have anything a24 hit yeah. so um, yeah, I'll, I'll make the effort to this one and see what's going on. Right, and I'll say this in closing. Um, if you love this film, if you happen to love this film, nothing's wrong with that. That's fine. If right. you think it's a masterpiece, yeah, but to me, it's yeah. just like, no, not really. I mean, it was a decent movie, but no, not not, not a masterpiece, in my opinion. I, right. I, you know, if it shows up in a top 10 list by some critic out there, great, but to me, you know, I mean, but in no way does this, does this in no way am I saying that this movie is terrible. It's just not as, you know, groundbreaking or horrific as a lot of people may, you know, may assume or, or, or make you believe, you know. But right, still, right. if you're curious, I would say give this one a look, but just avoid the trailers at all, at all costs. And if you have seen the trailers, just don't go into this thing expecting a horror. If you do, you'll be very, very, very disappointed. And yeah, yeah. that's all I have to say about It Comes at right. Night. So cool, cool, finally, cool. last but not least... Yeah. We talk about that Kingsman, man. Golden that, Circle. That king, the Kingsman's. Kingsman's. Is, is, yeah. yeah. Kingsman's. Um, so I'll just start uh, things off I, with, with uh, this, just to talk about the first Kingsman before um, right. you jump into the synopsis of this one here. Yeah. Um, when I went into the Secret Service, that's the first film, I was expecting along the line of what uh, Matthew Vaughn did with the first Kick-Ass movie, which was take right. a genre that we kind of got commonplace and used to yeah, and famous subvert comic. it, you know? And it's that's book, what yeah, it's a famous comic, yeah. Right. Um, and no, I haven't read. I, I never read the Kingsman um, comics. Right. I did read Kickass though prior to watching the film, and I loved. The, right. I loved the first film, um, but then Kingsman came out, and I was like a breath of fresh air for me. It was yeah. just so like it was like the right balance of wild and crazy and fun and right. over the top, but it had depth. It had emotion. It had yeah. intelligence, and it was just so smart. Now you know. Um, yeah. Whether it's the the the, 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 um, the villain played by Samuel Jackson, who is yeah. so what I like about him, he, he seems real though, even though he plays his character kinda cartoonish, he comes off to me like this is a modern day villain. Like this is how I see Yeah, they, they make it work. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um his plan and everything worked out. Of course we had these hyper connected action sequences. The truth scene though, 
epic epicness i just love how they made it seem at yeah. times like it's a fluid long take even though we know it's yeah not. yeah yeah how they shoot the action yeah. it was just impressive um colin foot who i wasn't the biggest fan of and it's like oh he's going to be in this thing okay he's right, excellent yeah. in this um i right so i i was a big fan of him a, a while now even even you know even but, right after, even before so, um oh gosh King's but to see him as an action star yeah was yeah. impressed it was like it was, it was interesting i was like oh how are you gonna play action stars yeah he's pretty awesome you know that that shoot scene alone just cemented right the action movie status similar Real like hard. to what is what i want to compare this to was like terry cruz in the first expendables movies movie sorry right, right. when he get that gun and then you heard yeah, do, 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 do. Yeah. that was the yeah, moment i was like yes terry cruz is the action hero i love this yeah so um yeah and then you had the over the top action and stuff like that you had a great 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 um uh hench man or henchwoman sorry um yeah by Sophia uh, Butella. just yeah, yeah just her they character alone yeah, yeah. is just so incredibly badass as well though yeah. um and yeah i i really and i love it's um finally how it just subverted the jason uh sorry what's in jason bond sorry the jeans bond tropes that we've known from right. since the 70s and but 80s it, with he, roger he moore himself, stuff yeah. he lead himself works as well um yeah um taron edgerton sorry yeah he was yeah. fantastic though he's a great yeah. great actor though yeah. and they, they made it because what they did well in this one is the whole class dynamics of the first film that worked of course you yeah, know him being from the slum right. and you know with his mom right and, yes and, and what he keeps going to say about uh, king's bond have to be blah 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 you gotta be this and yeah of course like it it could be, yeah, and you could be classy and feel dignified though by the same time you're doing a job now so yeah, yeah. so kingsman was you know kingsman the, the 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 secret service was to a lot of people a huge surprise is one of my favorite movies of that year when it came out um so yeah so with this one here the golden circle i was worried that you know um it might end up being like what kick-ass 2 was which is yeah you know being you know, as it's a sequel, it has to be so much dark, and then at the same time, like Kickassu, it was just so mean spirited that it just kind of lost its charm and wit and humor right. that the first film had now. Yeah, <sighs> and that's kind of the case. <laughs> in a, a little bit, in, in, in a, a little bit, in a little bit. Um, but you yeah. know, Ricardo, you just want to fill us in on what the golden circle is about? Oh boy, all right, so. Uh, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to follow, frankly. <laughs> yeah. All right, if, if you need any help, I could, I could, I could. Well, Aaron, I'll, I'll jump in. I'll, I'll help you out, right? I, yeah. I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna help you. Right. So, a year has passed now, and, and Exe is, yeah. as we know from the first film, now part of the Kingsmen now. Right. Um, an old character who was supposed to be a Kingsman ends up um. Uh, right. Yeah, him. the old fellow from the last one. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And by the way, this, this, this opening sequence I thought was great. Um, yeah. I'll talk about that sequence and the use of music in that sequence in a bit. So from there, because of what happened, no, we um, we can't. Well, we we are introduced to um, an, our new villain. This time, it's played by none other by Julian Moore, who yeah. plays Poppy yeah. Adams, and her getup is like the most corniest thing that I've seen in these Kingsman movies thus far. I know it's right. two of them, but essentially, is that she is a drug dealer, but she wants to be. Yeah will renowned she wants to be known as one of right. the greatest well, they, 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 yeah, do the whole, they do the whole war on drugs premise well and subvert that in a real club yeah. we are thought at least at least the premise works but the execution of the film yeah yeah <laughs> so, so her plan really it. yeah so her plan basically involves getting making her drugs legal and i'm talking i'm not talking right. about pharmaceuticals i'm talking about heroin and you know met and uh, weed yeah. and all that kind of stuff now so while all this is going on something that i did not expect um exe no uh still has a relationship with the um with uh princess tildy 
yeah. Um, who, who, who you were introducing into uh, right? To, yeah, the first one, yeah, the first with, the, with the whole weird you know sex scene excited at the end. Yeah, well, although we the don't see, we don't see it, but they they do yeah. see it's going to happen. It's weird. Right? Yeah. Um, Merlin, who's played by Mark Strong, is once again there to yes. assist. Um, He's back to yeah. assist Xe and the girl who they got to play um, Lancelot, uh, Roxanne, right? Yeah. Played by um, Sophie Cookson, right? So, not to spoil anything, um, a vicious attack is launched at um, at the Kingsman itself. The the whole mansion, the base of operations, is demolished. So Xe and Merlin, you know, you know, try to investigate what's going on. And then they kind of stumble on the fact that, oh, well, they're not the, the only secret organization out there in the world. There's actually an Americanized version of the state, uh, of the, yeah, the, of the, the Kingsman, sorry, called the Statesman. So they, <laughs> which, they, look, which is, is a decent, I, I again, I another decent idea, enough man. idea. But again, why did we do it like that? Uh, well, yeah, we, we'll talk about the execution because the execution yeah. is the main, main, main issue with this film. So, yeah. yes, they travel all the way down to America and they, they are introduced to the statesmen. Um, the three means, the three main ones, sorry, um, Channing Tatum, who plays Tequila. Uh, we have Jeff Bridges, uh, who plays yeah. Champagne. And we have Pedro Pe- um, Pes- uh, Pascal, actually. Pascal, yeah. Who, who, who kind of stealing the show. I didn't expect right. it, but he did end up stealing the show, who plays Whiskey. And we yeah. also have Halle Berry, who plays Ginger Eel. Ha ha, you know, because yeah. Ginger, ha ha, that's kind of funny. Right, so they, they join forces basically to stop Poppy from, you know, unleashing these drugs onto the onto you know the world and all that kind of stuff. Whilst at the same time with Exe himself just trying to live up to the to the potential that um you know ha- um Harry, as in Colin Phil's character, was um trying to build him up to. And on the subject of Harry, we learn that um yeah, Harry didn't actually die. He didn't right. actually survive that. This is that so headshot. goddamn stupid what I know, this, eh? I know. He actually with survived the headshot. Injection that, um, balloon thing. Yeah, so he actually survived the headshot that Samuel nah, Jackson gave yeah. after that that whole shoot scene. Yeah. Uh, so now he kind of has his retrograde a- amnesia. So you know he he doesn't remember a lot, but he needs some kind of stimulus for him to right. kind of well, you're fine. Not waiting. Yeah. And that's all I will say about his character. So yeah, your thoughts on the Golden Circle? Oh, and by the way, I forgot to mention about the co- the Golden Circle before I forget. The Golden Circle relates to a particular, I don't want to call it a cult, but just this yeah. group of assassins, basically, who right. work for, um, for, for Poppy. Oh. So they all yeah. branded with this Golden Circle thing. Right. And That's, just yeah. one thing I just want to say about the Golden Circle thing, I wish they could have done more with just that title, yeah. just that Golden Circle thing. Yeah. It's just like, oh, well, this is just a brand we give them. That's it. That's all there is to it. Nothing else. But yeah, you see, you hated it. <laughs> hated this movie. Um, all right. Look, yeah, the action, the action is good. I, I can't deny the action, especially, especially that final fight against Pedro Pascal um, yes, when the yes, two of them yes. take him on. Badass, it badass is. fight. But jeez, boy, this script didn't work at all. Thematically, didn't flow. Um, everything. It, in fact, bringing back um, Colin Firth's character kind of undermined the first one a little bit now, for me. And I just hated how it kind of just, it just kind of undermined the brand. I mean, a lot of this didn't work at all. It didn't flow at all. The, the, the script, as I say, oh, I couldn't follow. The script is like, wait, all right. So Poppy decide. I, I, I still can't follow. Why did she take Elton John exactly? But yes, yes, yes. Slight spoiler. Because um, because like in the first film, how the the well, there was this one running gag that oh, Iggy Zilia was um was capped was was kidnapped. Sorry, we didn't see right. Iggy in the film, but we heard her in the end credits do some right. you know rap song. But here, yeah, Elton John is captured, and we do see him a few times. And in the first yep. time you hear, you see it's like, oh, <laughs> Elton John, ha, but 
they do it more yeah, and more. Yeah, and he's like, telling um, the movie right, really? right through. And it's like, wait, why Elton John here exactly? Why? And then... And, oh, yes, and the excuse why he is captured, by the way? Yeah, it's, it's stupid. so dumb. I'm not even going to spoil it. It's just yeah. so dumb. I was like, dumb. that's, that's the reason. Do, and then they had this thing all with all the I'll dog. Say, all I'll say, though, it have to do with the first film. Something that, um, right. like, what Samuel Jackson did. So she just trying to one-up him now. But it's just so right. dumb. But yeah, stupid. Um, and, the robot thing didn't work right. from it at all. Didn't like, work. The robot dog thing didn't work. Yeah, the robot, so, the so, guy, so, I forget so, the character so, with the robot arm. He was okay. Yeah. Right, so so Puppy his... essentially Puppy has like these robot um these robot guards there. So it's like because right. she, she can't trust humans. Though I, I I like the fact that she took that one guy who was trying to kill Exy in the in the intro and gave him this robotic arm that was cool. Right. Kinda, you know, Saturday morning cartoonish, but whatever, we'll talk about right. that in a bit. But yeah, when you have robot okay, and then you have a robot mate, so it's like okay. And I forgot to mention too, um I like the fact I, I thought that the whole 50s aesthetic thing that she has to her business right, that's cool yeah. she has this this diner that looks like something out of the 50s you know um, right. I, I thought that was clever and, and where yeah, was okay, where yeah, was it was what south america it was in colombia uh, it was in cambodia actually i think it oh, was cambodia yeah, right yeah. right so yeah. it's like this um is you know this this nice little subtle play on you know americanization and stuff that americana no? um so okay you have a little robot mate here okay that's that's kind of clever like kind of again a jetson's vibe here Okay, but when you bring in two yeah, yeah. Ra- um, ravenous robot dogs, then what is this? That didn't work. What is this? It is this work. some kind of dark? Is, is, is once again is this a cartoon I'm watching here? It's not a it's not a right. spoof anymore. It's a cartoon, and that's my main gripe. Yeah. This, but continue. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So her character didn't really flow for me. I, like the main plan was kind of again an interesting premise. Yeah, it was interesting, but anyway. because I like I like that they mentioned the idea of well how to how some how, how somebody could exploit the war on drugs. Right. 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 And that's actually a, a pretty clever idea with that. You know, and they, I forget the name of the drug, but the drug is just turn your blue and yeah, 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 and you see like veins pop up in your well pop up yeah. from your um you know yeah your, your skin basically. But it's yeah. that moment where she explained the plan to, and I was like, okay. right. You you seriously trying to make me laugh here, right? Seriously, right. this is really supposed to be funny. Cause this sounds so dumb, boy. Like yeah, cheesy dumb. You know. Because what I mean? again, the first film, the first film works in the sense of as the silliness of the first film works, but the idea behind it, you get exactly like, like, like get. with Samuel Jackson's plan. Right. It sounds right. It, it's all kind of you know corny at first. It's outlandish. When you think about it, outlandish. It kind of right. makes sense. Yeah. But right, within that, right, exactly, within the world, it makes some sense. Like, okay, you'll do this, and this is how you do that, and how are you going to run the world after this? Right. All of that makes sense to me. Yeah, and, and it also the... added some great tension in the third act. Right, exactly. When, so when yeah, everything nice just kind of went to shit, and people just had a riot and stuff, now. so, you know. Right. Great moments, right. right. This one, this one, this one was just so so much nonsense. It just, as I say, everything, all the thing that they built up in the first film was torn down in the worst way. Um... Again, bringing back Colin Foot was dumb because yeah, you're kind of on the mind more went down in the first film now. Like yeah, Colin Foot's death worked in the first film. Well, spoiler for the first film, uh, him dying and then him coming back in this way is like yeah, but why even do that? Exactly. Because yeah, exactly. And and the thing uh, I got I got from that though I was getting. You know, bit, uh, go on, continue. I don't want to spoil. I don't want to spoil this. We have to do that for, because there's another big character that dies in this one. We have to fucking do that shit again for the third film. Seriously, fuck oh, all. Oh oh hell no, they can't do that. Yeah, I, nah, I hope nah. they don't. Twice but in a row? No, no, no. They won't be away with that. But you might do it. Yeah. Look like the kind of bullshit. Like, you know, it's kind of funny we do this joke twice. Right. That bullshit. Like, uh, the whole thing with bringing back Colin Firth's character reminded me a lot like uh, Men in Black 2. 
This thing right. poof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like a that's PNS movie yeah. too, eh? Men Holy in Black shit, Two. Men in Black Two. Men in Black Two was 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 garbage. Let me let me be real. It was yeah. garbage. No, you put the nail on the head of that. Forget the Michael Jackson. Even right down to the Michael Jackson cameo was just so like trying so hard that you could tell that hard, yeah. they was trying way too hard to make this bigger and better gen and it was a waste yeah. even men in black 3 which i kind of didn't really care for that much was way better um, than two right yeah yeah yeah. men in black right exactly uh, men in black 3 was a little better as i said my my thing is that um i don't understand why they just take from the tv show i mean we're getting a little aside from men in black because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> no, it's no. a comparison a workable comparison of course even right now because it's of a the fantastic, relationship in my opinion Colin and, and taron edgerton's characters you know right which was built up in the first film and then of course now the 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 protagonist has to be a man now he has to do things on his own and be independent which is what happened with will smith's character so now when you have part two now seeing it with both movies where your where your um where your mentor basically comes back because it's apparent. Yeah. Everybody loves him. Everybody loved him in the first film. So let's give yeah, him, let's this, bring an excuse to bring less. him back. Like, no, man. Come yeah, on. there's a bad excuse. Yeah. Um, but what I would say, though, this, this is jumping into my thoughts. Um, the story. Now, I like how it starts off with the real hyperconnected action sequence. I love yeah. the use of Prince's song. I forgot I, the name I, of that I like song, the um, I like the action. I can't that, say I don't like the action. Yeah, that, that song from Purple Rain, but I thought it worked excellently in terms of just setting up the vibe. Now. Um, I love the energy in it. I love the editing. Um, the Even though, yes, they have they do some death-defying stuff, you know, like people flipping up in the air. And I, I thought I was I was, in, I was really enjoying that sequence now. Um, yeah. But then it just kind of... And what, one thing I really liked about the film, this one positive I had, though, was the whole subversion of the james bond character so like no yes right. you are full agent no but because of um of xz's character no he's he's in a relationship with his princess yeah yeah he might have to sleep with some chicks though you know and you know james bond right, 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 doesn't right, do that yeah. i like how they kind of subvert that i thought that was a great moment but then in the second act though it just kind of dragged on and on and yeah. it just stopped and then it just brought in and something else it just continued to drag on the second act guys in this just brought the film known to like a complete stop it just kind of was yeah. just going going and i was like come yeah. on pick it up man and, and but another, another like, problem i had was another problem i had was with the statesman so to me channel tateman and pedro Pascal was pretty much the same character so yes yes yes, yes. why they switch it why they switch those characters off and one for the other no that didn't work for me I, I agree i agree because when you look at the trailers for this you tell yourself oh well, channing tatum i mean it's channing tatum now all right right he can't be Real present in the film, now, but no, he's right. he's there like for yeah, like, like, about, like under ten minutes long, Jen. Swear to God. Yes, you're like what the fuck. Like if you add up all those scenes, it's like come up to like about between. Another five thing to is that they, they squander, they squander his comedy talent because we know Channing Tatum could be funny. Yes. So it's like yeah, all right, great he in this. They got they make it work now. Nope. Yeah. Well, yes, yes, That's... you think the the dialogue part that he had when he's introduced. Okay, that was funny. I'll, I'll give it that. You right. know, the accent is okay. But then there's okay. one moment which relates to the whole plan that um, that, that Poppy has. And right. it's just like him embarrassing himself. And I'm like, why, Dredd? Like, okay, th- th- is this a magic mic reference? But even if it is, yeah, nobody cares. Uh, it just don't work at all. Um, yeah. But on the subject of... Right, so just stick it to story and then I'll get to, to actors, right? But yeah, boy, this this story was just all over the place. There was even a few moments where it's like, okay, they're in England and then in the states, and then suddenly they're back in England and then they're in the states. You know, it's right. just you know, um, location wise, now and then also to, okay, I get that you want to be bigger and 
better and more explosive and over the top so you want to have a more over the top villain okay but still that plan was dumb and then there was just these moments that just came off a little too way too cartoonish for me um the climactic sequence the the action sequence i thought was done well but i find that they overuse the whole hyperconnectic um uh I... seemingly long take thing like it looked cool but there's just no, moments no, that no, the final, final just... battle we're talking about the final battle pedro pascal no not before that that was right no right outside the diner that oh scene right right right, the, right. They shoot the, the shoot out right. sequence where they, where, they, where they had the suitcase and the right yeah it was it was looking cool but then you could you could kind of s- yeah but you could kind of see the technique there at times it's like yeah i know that cg i know that this you see the, the, right. the beauty about the the first sequence sorry the the the, the church scene in the first film yeah is that it was for a majority a bunch of um real people now so the way yeah, yeah. it's just real people just it's like a fight scene really but just with some you know with some um with some gunplay here or there now, you know and just yeah, yeah, yeah. You shoot it make it look so dread now, you know so you kind of go you kind of believe that yes this is real now, in a way you know but right. here it's like it's not just soldiers coming to kill um you know um our our heroes but also you have these props these gigantic props falling down on people and right, all right, these things yeah. just use the location so much this kind of yeah, takes it, you out of it. It was it, it was one of those movies that just played the greatest hits. Um, yeah, that, that's a good way to describe film. it. Yeah, and it's because and people and love that move. scene it, so much, so we have to do it again. Right, it has to be bigger, but you know because yeah. it just was bigger than before. It just didn't feel it, as it really, it really, it really a shame. Yeah, it's really a shame they couldn't get a better script to gel this together. Because again, all of that could have worked. If it was up to me, I'd have cut out Colin Firth entirely, focus on Mark Strong, the girl, and and. Uh, Mark Strong, the guild, like have the, the two guilds, so the princess and the thing, Exie and Mark Strong, and that is your story. Yeah. Um, I just that's final take it, just final take it to, to the story, though. Um, I felt that it was just trying to remind us about why the first one was so great. It's like, yeah. okay, hey, remember that bar scene with yeah, that man yeah. is make it man scene? We're going to do yeah, that yeah, again. Yeah, like, why did, you, why did you do that it, shit? Open? And my God, did it feel so shoehorned, boy. Oh, yeah, my God. God. So right down to having Colin Foot do it again. Yeah, why? Come on, man. What's like, on? what? You couldn't have Channing Tatum or Pedro Pascal do no, it? No, but well, that's the thing. Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, uh, on, the subject, on the subject of, of, of performance now, this this is one of my major gripes for this, right? Now, let me get the obvious out of the way. Taron Edgerton is excellent in this. I mean, he is exy. Yeah, he he's charismatic. He's, he's likable. Yeah, he, he does sell the fact that he could be an action star. Um, um, well, they had this, this dumb, they had a real dumb sequence, which I hated, but um, without involving... Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, uh, uh, kind of slight spoilers for um, a movie going back we, we reviewed just earlier. That was Mokojambi. Involving vagina. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes, that, that was that, 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 that moment. Stupid. I felt dragged on for way too long. There was Jeez. no need for it. It's not like, funny. It's not a funny bit. And it's not funny it's at all. There's nothing funny about that. No. It's just edgy, yeah, edgy no, humor. No, no, no. I like the idea behind it where it's like, oh, well, you know, James Bond will just sleep with a girl this easy because it's, you know, it's part of right. his job, quote unquote. So, how do you deal with that when you have a girlfriend that you like? And, oh, sorry, a fiance. Yes. Right, 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 right. But. You know, they, you could tell they were going for some jokes and it just kind of dragged on. It just, to me, it just kind of fell flat. It just didn't go anywhere. You could have take that scene on. And that's one thing about this film that we didn't like. The runtime is so long, Dre. Why was yeah, this it's movie... It's a little too long. It's two hours and 20 minutes. You could have cut yeah, all that's like 10, 15 minutes out of this thing. Yeah, anyway, I, back, no, I cut, yeah, cut, cut 20 minutes. Yeah. <coughs> but um, back back to performance. Uh, Mark Strong is, is decent as well as Merlin. Yeah, it's Colin fine. Colin Foote. 
I felt was wasted here. There was no need for him to be there. Let's be real here. Let's be honest here. But to me, though, is the American characters, though. That was that was the main yeah, drop. All fell flat. All fell flat. All, fell all flat. right. I'm Halle Berry. I, I, totally wasted. I'll, I'll talk about it. But, yeah, but like, yeah. all right, I like the idea of the statement. It's cool. Right. But first off, you don't even get enough time with Charlie Tatum. He's in the right. trailer. He's so prevalent in it, but he's there, like I say, for like between five to ten minutes. Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Yes, I do agree with you. He, you know, is like... He could have well been. He could have well been um, Chantito's character. You know, whiskey. Right. Yeah. That's merging character. Tequila. Sorry. Yeah. It could have been that. Why couldn't it have been? Yeah. Merging characters. Why you had to have two of them? And you get me wrong. Pedro was great. To me, he stole the show because yeah, that's of how greatest. That's of how awesome his character was. I love the yeah the whip, the whip and the, 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 lasso, and the lasso. Energy lasso. Those, those were those were those were awesome. But still, yeah. that could have been challenging. I'm not saying that Pedro. Right. Is worse than, than Channing, but still, it could right. have been the same character. No, if, if I were to choose an actor, I would have preferred Channing because of the humor and the work. But it then, but it's our bit, a little bit of a plot twist involved with him, which I didn't really care for. But yeah, wherever, I didn't care for that fine. either. Um, wherever, Jeff Bridges, fine. I felt, was wasted. wasted. He was barely wasted. in the film. Wasted. And yeah. And all he does, does is just the same usual Texan accent he's done yeah. countless times already. Je- he's Jeff, just Br- Jeff Bridges, Jeff Bridges in as a, Jeff, as a, as a Texan. Yeah, as a Texan. But yeah. the major disappointment for me, though, and I'm not, like, the biggest fan of her, but Halle Berry, boy. Yeah, they do she nothing just there, She just has nothing to do. It's like, what are you going And then they had the audacity, Dredd, to have her character bumped up to, you know, another position. There. I was like, yeah. oh, but you didn't do nothing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, all, but you was just in the background, and you was just tech yeah. support. And all Whatever. of a sudden, you just bumped up to this to this position. All of a sudden, why? Because you probably had to say, "Oh, I should do it," and that's it. Yeah, no, it didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't um, work. It didn't work. And Julianne Moore, just uh, um, last but not least, Julianne Moore. I mean, she is there, but you know, at times it can't help but be like, but no, yeah, I, she's I, just like again, in another movie. Again, I like the premise of her character because she was a, a workably decent counterpart to um, to Samuel Jackson's character. Now, it, yeah. it made some sense of how she'd work and have a little running joke involving her that I'll, <laughs> I thought that was kind of borderline political now. Yeah. Um, and it worked. Um, but again, just again, bad execution. And yeah, again, and, 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 yeah, and, and compared, and compared, and compared, sorry, and compared to, um, to Samuel Jackson's character, she just came right. off way too much like a cartoon villain dread. She was all yeah, happy too much. and, you know, smiley and stuff like that. Ooh, but, you know, it's like she would do all these like bad things now, but it just kind of right. doesn't, it kind of counteracts with her character, you know? Like, right. look at Samuel Jackson's character. Like, I like the fact that he was, um, he had this big scheme, but he didn't like to do acts of violence. You know? It's like, oh, you know, yeah, blood yeah, yeah, exactly. vomit. That so makes sense. Bit, right, exactly. So her being this real kind of preppy kind of, you know, this caricature of like this 50s uh, mom, you know, the 50s yeah. woman, that kind of thing. You know? And then you're doing all these kind of like, Quote unquote horrific violent stuff. It right. just is this like this disconnect, yeah, this total disconnect. Yeah. Right. But um, another thing with the script, another thing with the script is that they could, what they could have had is have these the kings when they statesmen really like square off for a while now and make it like she turned one or the other. So she, they could have do some better with this man. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, like, well, like, like, like utilize the anyway, statesmen. Just last but not least, um, musical choices I thought for the most part were okay because just like the last film, we do get, you know, some great music. Um, I yeah. thought that the, the, the score, um, I think it's Henry Jackman did it, did not 
really stick out to me as much as the first film did. Um, <laughs> and the action sequences, finally, um, there are a few, I would admit, uh, 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 you know, very, you know, very, no, very appealing to uh, the eye, you know, visually No, the action was badass. But the, the, final, the final fight, I thought, with, with, the, with uh, the two of them and versus Pedro Pascal was badass. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was great. Bad that, that was kick-ass action sequence. Yeah, that, that was is it. like, ooh. This was, I mean, sorry your shit, but like, okay, yeah. I enjoyed this now. And, and I'll admit it was shot very well. This is yeah, a, a, like another part where actually like go jump through the energy rope. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, badass. but but though there are a few scenes though where you could tell they kind of going for something here. Like this one scene in particular, this is a perfect example, and then we could get to ratings, right? Where they were in the kind of ski lifting, the kind of um, the ski thing. Right. And you know they were building up to a moment of tension there, but I was just watching this thing as like, yeah, but right. you know they're gonna get out of it somehow because you right. know because of how this film is set it up, set itself up as, it really does feel like a cut. You know these characters are gonna live to see the next episode, so like right. I can't really take what I'm seeing here too seriously. Like in the first right. film, you got a sense of oh these characters can't die, especially with what happened with Colin Firth here. But here they right. came off too much like cartoon so so it's like well yeah, yeah of course XZ gonna survive we do right we do, right blah, right blah, blah, blah. but yeah this this unfortunately was a letdown uh by the heat as much as you did do but i'm curious uh, yeah, to no, hear your uh, your uh, your uh rating of it right yeah this one this one gets cc it a straight cc it um while the last one got a low imax so that's a big drop it was a huge disappointment for you i hated it not as i say i won't part play it as bad as kickers 2 kickers 2 is just a goddamn waste of my time yeah, but um, just but so this, being spirited in the worst way. Though. Yeah, but this just didn't work. Um, in my opinion, it's a shame because they could already sit down and make the script work, and they didn't. They didn't try. It really yeah. felt like they didn't try with this. And for one, I sent it a forward cut or some nonsense like yeah, that. Yeah, like, oh, heard Jesus. that here. Yeah, so yeah, I don't like, know if. But here's the thing. I'll I'll get to my my rating. Like yes, Matthew Ford. I mean, you can tell that this man loves his world, and I actually like the world building that he does here. You know, in yeah. terms of introducing these statesmen here, but. Yeah. I kind of have a feeling that, you know, the studio was just breathing down. He'd like saying, well, you know, the same things that we had in the first one that the audience love. We have to yeah, do this again that, and we have to make it yeah. bigger. But, you know, bigger doesn't always mean better, really. You know, this, right. this is another example of sequelitis. I would yeah. say... Total sequelitis drop, yeah. I wouldn't say it's the worst thing I've seen all year, though, fortunately. But, right. yeah, this was a letdown. This could have been so much yeah. better. Considering so much better, yeah. It's just, I think that's the part of that hate. It's not that it was the worst thing ever, but it's the, the squandered potential. Yeah, even right down to Elton John, who was just there no, that, because... That, Elton John, all the <sighs> scenes was just pissing me off. Because that, all of that shit, like, he had a whole action scene where he was kicking, do some jump kick thing. I was like, uh, yeah, this is dumb. Yeah. And it's a shitty, shitty CG with his face on this clearly thinner and more fit person. You know? Now, yeah, well, I'll just say this in close, though. Like, to me... Since Kingsman, you know, is it is clearly referenced in the Roger Moore James Bond films. I would say like if the Secret Service was, you know, the spy who loved me, right. this film is Moonraker. Yeah. Or, yeah. or the Bar with the Golden Gun. It's one of those kind right. of yeah, throwaway yeah, episodes. Compar- yeah. But, uh, right, yeah. That's that's a kind yeah. of workable apt really workable uh, apropos comparison. Yeah, but because of the world that they established and because you like the lead and you like this 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 this, this universe here. Yeah. I would be surprised if there will be a sequel coming up. I actually hope that. Oh yeah, I, 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 I'm not rooting. I'm not rooting for this to fail as a, for the franchise to fail or anything. But this was clearly a misstep. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I really want them to pick back up with the third film and have it be a little more serious, make it work, and have the story gel. Because yeah. one of the big things about the first one is the the whole class aspect of it yes, and that rise, that simple hero's journey narrative that works so well in the last one. They need to do something like that. They don't need to do some sub, big subversions of the material anymore. Because we already know what the world is. 
and come up with a decent villain. You don't have to be too dark. You don't have to be too funny. Just balance it and make it work. Yeah. Um, yeah well, and I would say, though, it really compares well, like, to not so much the Shokori buds because I kind of read a majority of them, but more like right. the Roger Moore, Pierce Brunson. Yeah, uh, yeah, Pierce yeah. I, and, I think and, I would like that and, as well. Um, and um, Daniel Craig buds where you have a great one, then right. you have a not-so-great one, then you have a great one, then you have right. a not-so-great one. Right, so, right. Yeah. yeah, so for me, I would give this a decent two and a half out of five stars. Um, mm-hmm. See it if you, if you want to. Um, if yeah. you have that, there's better to do if you want to see something you don't want to think about it too much you just want to put your brain on the floor and just enjoy two and a half hours of mindlessness then you know give this one a look but you know it's a shame though because Kingsman was not all mindlessness and over the topness yeah, there yeah, was some intelligence solid, yeah. in it though, and it's a shame yes, that it was yeah. squandered here of yeah. you know because you want to make this bigger and better sequel but yeah. I don't know I just hope that we do get a third one and it's way right. better than this one here but yeah. you know we'll see say lovey say lovey yeah. All right, okay. so Ricardo, but, where, where can we find you online, man? Um, Pursat, R-M-E-D-D-Y, that is at Armedi on Twitter. And then you can just type in my name, Ricardo Medina, on Facebook, and that's that's there. All right, you can also find me on Twitter as well. Look for Legally Black MGB, MGB in capital letters. Also, you can look for me on Facebook, just look for my name, Machibili, along yeah. with Illegally Black official fan base, where you find a link to this podcast here, as well as the others that we've done before. And, of course, my written stuff. Cool. Nice. All right. So stuff to look forward to before we part ways. Um, yes. Uh, Rick well, and Morty finale next week. Yes. 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 Definitely. For sure. I haven't seen right. uh, last night's episode, but I'll give it a look. Right. Uh, well, yeah. Big Bang Theory. Your favorite show is coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. I know you could kill us for that. Anyway, right. Uh, what else? Um, what else? Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is coming back, which I really like. It's a show I thoroughly enjoy. You know, I, I haven't actually got around to, to watching that yet. Like, I, I, I recommend mean, I, yes, it. Yes, I know it's great. I know it what Emmys, yeah. but... Just I love it. It's a pretty it. goddamn. It, well, the thing is, I'm a big fan of Andy Samberg, so his me his too, style of humor totally works for me. Yeah. And yeah, the show the show is hilarious for me. I love it. Um, and then Ducktales is back. It came back with two episodes. Um, probably for, probably premiere. Right. So Ducktales, more content. The episodes are now com- coming out and flowing more regularly now. All right. Cool. 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 So, and I thoroughly love his new Ducktales. It's great. I I should check that out because I actually enjoyed. Um, the old DuckTales when I was growing up. I, I grew yeah, up Yeah, this new DuckTales is solid. Really, really good. I enjoy it. Right, so as for movies though, there's American Made. Um, I haven't yeah. been following up Tom Cruise's work. Um, I haven't seen him on me. I know you see it was a hot mess. I know you hate hot it. Mess, but yeah, uh, yeah this, this one actually looks pretty promising. So I'll give this one a look. Also, of course, Green Days by the River. Uh, right. I'm really excited to see this one. I'm not expecting yeah, rooting for a them. masterpiece, but I'm hoping at least that it's, that's actually good. Yeah. Um, Netflix has given us a Stephen King film adaptation. I've never heard of this uh, book before. It's called Gerald's Game. But okay. uh, it looks pretty interesting and intriguing. Okay. I really want to check that out. Cool. Um, also, there's Flatliners. Not really... Eh. I mean, I, I saw the first one years ago. Can't remember how it went, but you right. know, not really too clear I'll go to back. I'll go back and watch that first one and just to make a comparison. I'll go see this. I'll go see this. Yeah. And, of course, um, there's Blade Run 2049. I'm excited yes. to see that. Very excited for this. And I'm hoping and hoping and hoping that we get... I really hope it's good. I'm really rooting for this one to be good. Me too, me too. Yeah. I'm hoping that we also get Mother as well. Um, yes. Whether we like it or not, though, that, that, that's, some, that's, 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 that's going to be something interesting, you know? If, yeah, if, we, cool. if we have conflicted views of this, but I, I expect, expect to like this film. But I expect to enjoy it as well, but, but, but I'll see what's going on. Where, yeah. Wherever. Like, I don't know if I but can actually Aronofsky, see Aronofsky's a pretty, I Aronofsky is a solid filmmaker for me. I don't think I've, it, I don't think there's anything of his I hate. Um, the only thing that fell kind of flat for me was in Noah. Uh, but everything else, like, I absolutely love the wrestler. And, yeah, I want to see what, what they're going to do with Mother. So, cool. Right. 
And yeah, that's pretty much about it. So once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever this is. This was Batchabilian. Bada Medina. And we are signing off from another episode of Bears Beats Daily. So until the next one, take care. Peace. Peace. Yep.